perfect. What would you rearrange? <laughs> what would you <laughs> What would you rearrange, Balky? Hello and welcome to Ramjack and the Privilege of the Varmint King. Hi everyone, I am Alex and joining me today in the Ramjack studio is my co-host Brad. Hi friends. You are listening to Ramjack. And you are in for a treat. You are indeed. Brad, you are also in for a treat. What? As am I. Guys, Brad and I were in Target the other day, just shopping, and Brad always tries to sell me things we're in a store. I like to make sales. I'm an excellent salesman. If anyone would like to hire me, I'll be your salesman. Not a good seller of oysters. I've been trying to sell those canned oysters for years now. I think when he finally is able to sell those, you will become what we call a master salesman. But yeah. until then, you're just... No coffee for basically. coffee is for closers. But Brad did sell me on this. Um, there's a new brand of, I guess, chocolate bars at Target. They have their own kind of display, and they have weird or interesting advertising. This one says, hello, my name is Strawberry Cheesecake. Nice to sweet you. Mm. But all of them kind of have their own, hey, my name is so-and-so, like whatever it is. Like, right. hey, I'm Blueberry uh, Graham Cracker Chocolate Bar. And then they have some weird thing like, Nice to sweet you. So Brad and I are about to... There's only 20 carbs in this stick. I was going to get a bar, but Brad said, look at these sticks. Look at these sticks. This is put out by Lent, by the way. Yeah. So I'm just going to open this up. This is this is the strawberry cheesecake one, like I said. I'm pop open that stick. Can you just smell this? There's a strong aroma coming off. Wow. We're that testing is a this. strong aroma. Whoa. Here, you can have that part. Thank you. Um, This is adorable. First off... It's a stick. Mm-hmm. It has uh, a candy filling. There are three in there, right? I don't want to shortchange you. Yeah, yes. okay, yeah, you got the half. Um, but there's imprinted on the top of each little piece, because it's in six little pieces. Um, like, one of them just says hello on mine. Hello. Oh, yours has hearts and a hello with a heart. Hello, hearts, lint. Mine has a, uh, a lip print. Wait a mm-hmm. minute. And then a nice to sweet you. But let's, let's dive in. Hmm. This is really good. Yeah. Damn. What are you expecting this texture? Hmm. It's like a little bit of a, like a tiny bit of wafer. Yeah. But very slight. Good cheesecake flavor. Like it tastes like yeah. cheesecake with a, with a hint of chocolate. And the chocolate's good chocolate. Not that Hershey's wax nonsense. Oh no. Or aerated chocolate. Mmm. Ain't full of nobun Hershey. This is good. I recommend it. Thanks for, thanks for selling this to me, friend. That's what I do. Master salesman. We'll be talking about more special treats later in the episode. But we thought we'd get things right. Start things right with some chocolate. But Brad, you have a story that you brought to my attention just moments ago. That well, Alex, we're talking about treats. Uh huh. Let's talk about prizes. Sweet. You're not like posters that people promise and over a year later still haven't delivered. Like prizes that like people actually get when they win oh, contests. Oh, okay. Like legit. Okay, yeah. Like mm-hmm. prizes that you are awarded for contests. If you do. Right. What are people winning? Oh, well, in Pakistan, there's a new game show. Super hot. People are loving this game show. It's basically their version of Prizes Right. You answer questions about the Quran and you win babies. Um, you know, laptops, babies. Maybe more like Jeopardy. <laughs> Mm, Do they know. also play like games based on the Quran? Because Price is Right. I'm just going to allow or not allowed. I'm there. just telling you what the article says. <laughs> it says it's well, like it's like their version of the Price is Right, okay. but they give away babies. Does Drew Carey also host this one, or no? I don't think so. Okay, I'm just curious. So. I would never take a baby. Drew Carey gave. Wait, me. what? Hmm? Oh, it, what? It's like the Price is Right, but what are they worth? Oh, they, they give away babies. You know, orphan street babies. From dumpsters. But like of animals, right? Like kittens or dogs. Humans. Human babies. Yeah. Like, surprise, you want a baby! 
Is this legit? Or are you are you joking? This is absolutely serious. Is this serious. from the onion? Um, what is this? Post Amir Liquat Hussein has already given away two baby girls to two surprise couples on the show and is expected to hand over a baby boy to another family this week during the Islamic observance of Ramadan. I was really shocked at first. I couldn't believe you were being given this baby girl, said new mother, <laughs> Surya Bilkis. Bilkis? I was extremely happy. Were you? Surprise, I mean, it's a baby! See, this is a wonderful strategy because normally, well not normally, but this kid's already been abandoned. Like, There's a lot of, I don't know, street urchins and stuff. What if... Well, they're, they're saying is like there's nothing wrong with this because otherwise these babies would be used for suicide bombing attacks. Oh, that's what they're saying. I mean, these ba- these are these are street babies. We find them on the streets and in garbage bins. Some of them are dead and mauled by animals, so we're rescuing the live babies and giving them away as fabulous prizes to <laughs> unsuspecting families. Is there any type of, like, investigation to the family at all? Like, first off, Brad, what if I said, all right, guys, listen, I know we've been late on that poster, um, but I'm going to make it up to you. Instead of the poster, I'm going to give you a, a baby with a tattoo of the Ramjack logo on it. Mm, well, they Here's say- your living poster. Uh, I don't know about that. I think you should just make that poster. I think that's what should happen. The baby becomes a book. But it's a better uh, gift, you think? I don't think Which so. Which would you rather have, a baby a poster. or a poster? Any day of the week. I don't know, though. Any day of the week. It seems like, is the baby the grand prize? Like, what's the grand prize on this show? I think a poster. <laughs> well, you know, okay, outside of Ramjack. Okay, I mean on, on this show. show. On this show? Like, I, is the baby the grand prize or is it, like, grand third prize. place? No, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a vacuum cleaner. Like, it's can of peanuts, <laughs> vacuum cleaner, laptop, Baby. And that's all in the showcase that yeah. I have to bet on. Yeah. How much is a human worth? <laughs> mm. Do you pa- would you pass on that showcase of what you just told pass. me? Pass. Pass in a heartbeat. All right, next you showcase. You just give someone another next human showcase. Being. Twins! <laughs> Shit. One dollar. <laughs> a, a can of Lysol. And what's this over here? A new set of golf clubs. And finally, feast your eyes on... Twin babies! Oh. Twin mentally disabled babies! <laughs> They're gonna need extra love. So the babies are the grand prize. Because in my mind, it'd be hilarious if, like, babies was third place. Right. And, like, grand prize was a car or a computer. Yeah. Like, a, you can choose between an iPad mini or third place, a baby. A human child. All right, starting at the bottom of the showcase. First of all, we have... But that's not all. What's this over here? It's a can of pecans! Oh, yeah! And last but not least, you're gonna love it! It's the Dyson Sphere Vacuum Cleaner! So I've been waiting for one. You think that's the last prize, but also a dinette set! Baby's the intro. It's, it's the yeah. one that everyone's just like, hmm. Everybody right. gets a baby. Yeah, it's like, all right. Okay, a baby. We didn't just give the baby away. We have our own vetting procedure. This couple was already registered with us and had four or five sessions with us. But the couple didn't know they would be handed a newborn baby when they were invited to take part in the show. And paperwork was not processed before the live broadcast. See, I don't see how any of this works. I don't understand... Surprise! They were vetted? So it's like, hey, you're going to be a contestant? Cool. All right, now we're going to give you a list of prizes you might get, and you tell us on a scale from one to five whether you'd enjoy them. What's your income? Yeah. Cool. Make sure they get up there and they win. 
Like, is it rigged at that point? Like, to get, like, an easy question? Like, what I'm I'm hoping slash assuming is that maybe it's like they've been trying to adopt a child or something. Yeah, forever. And, like, they they just don't, they don't know, but in fact, they're actually gonna get a baby, and it's just part of the big surprise. But it, I don't. But it could also be like, yeah, we vetted them, we uh, interviewed them, we saw them. You know, do you think you'd be? Do you think you're ready for a family? Yeah, we thinking about a kid. Mark that down. You're definitely gonna be on the show. Throw them a softball question, and they're so excited because they're winning something, and then you tack the baby on. Yeah. As a bonus. Yeah. That's horrible. You're going home with a baby. I hope you have a car seat. Oh no. I mean, you, that's what's the showcase is a lot of baby stuff. And I went out of a baby, and then a brand new baby. And they're like, oh my god. Stuff. I better win this. Or the- <laughs> it's just the baby. Like you get like no supplies. You're not prepared at all. It's like oh crap. We before we go home from this game show, we gotta go pick up some shit. How <laughs> many diapers or formula? What does this baby eat? How it, old is if it? It's like the price right. They have to give you the stuff with it. Or this is a good, it's it's a failed model. So, I don't care if these are abandoned children. They, You're they not play, setting they, them up for they success. They got some sly game shows in Pakistan, Alex. They got some sly game shows. Could that work here? No. Like, let's say kids are in a foster home. Can those kids go on a game show and be given away as prizes? Here's your new parents. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Well, here's your own fifth grader. If that's that's is it strange? That I was also thinking about Jeff Foxworthy oh, hosting the show. Of course. Are you smarter than this fifth grader? Well, take him home. He's yours. He'll teach you. He'll learn you a thing or two. Ugh. You might be the parent of an orphan. What? <laughs> Losers had to take on the fifth grader and get tutored by them. Also, they had to take care of them until they're 18 years old. Yeah, game shows are weird over there. Great prize, guys. Great prize. A human. Well, I mean, it was inevitable, right? Definitely. I mean, it's uh, TV escalates. We've all seen that work. Things go from in a heartbeat. It's going to escalate. That's how it happens. Brad, the theme of this show, I'm assuming, is children. It's all about children, guys. All about the kids. Guys, of course, later we will be getting to Mr. Belvedere and Perfect Strangers. Yes, the shows that we're reviewing presently. It's going to be great, but we got to talk about some kids. We got to talk about summer camp. We gotta talk. We just gotta talk about kids. We gotta talk about kids first, because the children are our future. I, I think I, you know that. I've always said that. There's, there are future, and they may be in your future if you go on a game show. Ooh. Just be careful there. Could we go into the past, maybe? Yes, we're gonna go all the way back to um, uh, the early. Um... Back in the early twentieth. It's <laughs> demolition man for early twentieth century. <laughs> well, I was, I was gonna go back even further. Oh. Uh, to the days of Mark Twain and the, uh, I guess, post-industrial revolution or the Gilded Age. Um, here's a quote uh, from the 12th of February, 1908, from Mr. Clemens himself. I suppose we all are all, I suppose we are all collectors. As for me, I collect pets. Young girls. Girls from 10 to 16 years old. Girls who are pretty and sweet and naive and innocent. Dear young creatures, to whom life is a perfect joy and to whom it has brought no wounds, no bitterness, and few tears. Few tears. I like few that. Few tears. Um, now, was he a game show contestant? Um, did Mark Twain, did Mark Twain go to a Pakistani game show? Were there early game shows or like maybe carnival fair games where you could win a, get this, get this hoop over three rings and win a child. Mm. And he just collected those. I don't, I, it's not like that. Yikes. But But that definitely reads creepy, right? <laughs> that definitely reads creepy. What do you collect? Oh, I collect stamps. I've always my dad collected, my grandfather collected, my collection. Oh, cool. What do you collect? I collect comic books. Oh, cool. What do you collect? Oh, young girls. Yeah, I, I normally between like what are the ages of like oh, the perfect one would probably be between ten and sixteen. <sighs> the perfect one. That's so creepy. Samuel Clemens collected girls. Basically, what happened? I'll summarize this. His daughter died. His wife died. Mm-hmm. And Samuel Clemens was alone. Our okay. Mark Twain was alone. 
He spent a lot of time in the Bahamas. Oh, well, not in Bahamas. He spent a lot of time in Bermuda, just cruising. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he had a lot of friends, and they had daughters. And he started something. He saw, when he was in Bermuda, he saw an angelfish for the first time in the water and said, that's beautiful. I'm going to make a club. So he had a club, basically, of all his friends, his daughters, um, that he would write letters to, befriend, and he called it his angelfish club. I... I wish we had an early 20th uh, Chris Hansen to maybe yeah, go really. in and check in on this. She's my angelfish. Sir, you're writing letters to what you call a perfect age between 10 and 16 year old girl. Calling her an angelfish. He, yeah, an angelfish. What angel about this seems appropriate to you? Well, they're in my aquarium club. All right. <laughs> Speaking of letters... He wrote some crazy stuff to these broads. Now, I say broads, they were children. So, also, he would write letters to them. He gave them... He found uh, angelfish pins, and every girl he, in, like, inducted into the club would get one of these pins to wear. Um, there were a lot of girls in this club, and only one of them has survived, and they're at Mark Twain's, I guess, house, um, wherever that... The, the pins are, not the girls. I, well, yeah, let's hope. That they're not in the floor somewhere. It's odd that only one of them has survived, but they're all at Mark yeah, Twain's house. One girl's pins left, and oddly only one girl's left alive are, you know, on record. So apparently this was cool and legit back then. Um, his friends were cool with it. He had a room in his house in Bermuda um, that he called the aquarium, where basically that was the room for the girls uh, in, in his um, angelfish club. And they would come, and he would write them and be like, hey, come visit me, it'll be cool. And he according to this article that we get this from and the stories, he was kind of more of a grandfatherly figure. Okay. Like, it was just like a stand-in for his daughter and his wife. Like, he right. was just lonely. And so he's just filling, filling the yes, void. His daughter is dead. He okay. still wants to be a grandfather. See, that, this that, is a way that to makes help. it, like, that, 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 that does make it better. It, it like, I... It makes through, more sense. Through modernized, it sounds very fucking creepy. Oh, from modernized, especially when we get to the letters that he wrote, there's a lot of creepy things. But you're right, in... In in the past, it must not have been as creepy. I, I feel like I feel like the past was more. I felt there was more breadth of emotion. True. It wasn't as, as necessarily as as analog as a binary and dualistic as as you know we see things now. Yeah, there was quite great greater fields of feeling and emotion, and things weren't necessarily as sexualized as much. Um, well documented that people experienced very uh, passionate friendships back in those times. Like um, two two dudes hanging out the right way back then was really just an intense friendship. Like it'd be it would be common for them to write letters and say like, "Hey, I really miss you. You should come visit." Just to your friend, and it not be any gay shit. Just right. two dudes hanging out the right way, but like for real. Well, Same thing with women. Like a very passionate friendship. So of course, I guess that would go over to like. Well, like, like look at us. Look at us doing this podcast. Alex. Yeah, we haven't fucked in forever. I mean, we haven't fucked. In a long time. In forever. Um, it's for, been forever. It has been an eternity, friend. <laughs> but people now wouldn't understand that kind of close friendship. You wouldn't get it. They were synced up on the same level. Yeah, so we do the podcast instead. So, yeah. This is this is in lieu of that. Right. We have an intense friendship. Guys, guys, this isn't any gay shit. This is just like some intense this bro some, time. Yeah, this is some old gilded age close bro time. Old time. And we're glad you're sharing it with us. Right. Welcome to the... Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Ramjack. Welcome to the party. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, things have changed. Like, and, and, and I guess it wasn't sexualized. Also, even though it might sound weird that he had a room he called the aquarium dedicated to these young girls who would come and stay, mm -hmm. um, they were always escorted. Or uh, they were always escorted. They always had someone with them. 
um, and there was a, a place for them to stay in the room with them or in the side room. So there was always supervision. It wasn't just old Samuel yeah. Clemens. Like a lot of girls go to his estate and they never. Hmm. I see these pins piling up in the back. I, hmm. An example of some of the letters that he sent. Um, so there was a girl named. Yo, Dor- girl, send me some pics. <laughs> So there was a um, a girl named Dorothy who was saved with one of his uh, one of his fishies. She was fourteen, and on her fort wait, there was a girl named Dorothy, mm-hmm. one of his someone in his club. That fell. She turned fourteen. He wrote her a letter which included this sentence: "I wish I could have those. I wish I could have those free gratis for nothing voyages and nothing to do but look at you every day." Well, that's that's a loaded sentence right there. Just begin with. Yeah. I wish I could travel freely, basically, so I could just come and look at you every day. You fourteen-year-old, welcome. Happy birthday. Hey, happy birthday, girl. God, I wish I could just get on a boat and come look at you all the time. Just creep on you from. I mean, <laughs> just just be a grandpa. But, to but you. again, I, I, I grandpa's lap. I, I stand by that. Like we, I, I, you can also appreciate beauty in the past more than you can now. Like now, every again, everything is so binary, sexualized. To the point where, like, maybe, like, you know, in the past you can just, like, look at someone and be like, that's a beautiful person. I just want to look at her and it not be creeptastically creeper creep. Well, let's see. Uh, what do you think about what he had to say to Dorothy, though? Dorothy. Mark Twain, sit down. Have some iced tea. Just. <laughs> Dorothy was an 11-year-old child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 11-year-old woman? <laughs> <laughs> he wrote this to her. I went to bed as soon as you departed. There being nothing left to live for after that. And all the sunshine gone. How do you suppose I'm going to get along without you? That's some tender stuff, man. That's tender. That's tender. That's some tender stuff to write to an 11 year old woman. An 11 year old woman. (laughs) A woman of all but 11 years old. I went to bed as soon as you left. Couldn't stand to stay awake. Wait, where'd you go? What am I supposed to do? The sunshine in my life is gone. 11 year old woman. Woman. Eats. An angel fish, if you Little will. angel fish that I built a special room for. A special angel fish room aquarium. I, I, I ran straight to the aquarium and fl- flung myself on the bed and just went to sleep. My aquarium's empty. Oh. Um. This is weird. Yeah, kind of weird. Kind of weird. Um, though apparently one of the girls, I, again, different times. Different time. Everything was on, like, this stuff just happened. Um... And it wasn't sexualized, but one girl um, actually started to um, develop a schoolgirl crush on him. Um, and she started to write letters back, but with not with like updates on like, hey, your angel fish here. Yeah, I'm going to school and it's doing real good. I'm learning to row or something. I, you know, miss you, grandpa or <laughs> daddy fish or whatever they call them. Ooh, daddy fish. Barracuda. <laughs> they told me to call they call me. <laughs> I told them to call me Barracuda. I like it when the kids call me Barracuda. I also like being called Shark. Um, but she started writing back and like actually like hitting on him. Like, what's up? Hey, Daddy Fish, what's up? Boo. Um, and he distanced himself from her. She, he was like, all right, look. Okay. We know what this is. I'm, I'm Grandpa. I'm confused by these weird things. All right, all right. What well, do you want? Why do you want to know what I'm wearing, child? I no. Eeks. Why are you sending me these pics? Why are you asking, sending me these weird pics? Why are you asking for pics? Not Geraldo Rivera. Apparently, in the last few years of his life, he kind of um, his interest in the club waned. Mm-hmm. He started complaining about um, how they just grow up too fast. You know, one minute they're ten, and the next minute they're sixteen years old. They got boyfriends. 
he actually kind of complained in his letters about their boyfriends. Ooh. Think about that for a minute. Ooh. That's a little weird. Oh, that's a little weird. You're growing up so fast and you got your boyfriends. Chris Hansen. Yeah. Chris Hansen. Samuel Clemens, a weird Maybe dude. check in. Check in. It's a different time, though. It's a different time. It's a different time. And I kind of wish society was more kind of like that era. Mm -hmm. um, because why are we hypersexualizing everything? That's just weird. Yeah. yeah. Why does everyone, I mean, you could say, fuck, like at work or any place I've ever been, you can say anything. And if it's a remotely phallic in any type of sense, mm -hmm. like you could just say, um, I pencil. Pencil and someone might start giggling. You're like, what? I'm like, you said pencil. What do you mean? I said pencil. You work with Pencils. some weirdos. Pencils are like dicks. Are they? <laughs> are they? Yeah, you're right with them. What? I bet you want a pencil. Well, all right, let's let's just let's just chill out, all right? I put in the sharpener. What? You said you wanted a pencil. <laughs> okay, whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, Samuel Clemens. The one and only. Yeah. So, Alex, what's up, Brad? Um, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of, of old radio shows. I enjoy them much. Uh, very partial to the Jack Benny show. And uh, I was the other night. I was just listening to some to Jack Benny, relaxing, mm -hmm. just getting back into the 1940s and 50s, and just seeing what was going on. And I heard a I heard a commercial. The show is it's it was uh, sponsored by Jello, and I heard an advertisement that stopped me in my tracks. Hmm. All right. The basis of it was. Hey, do you remember when you were a kid and sometimes your parents were having an awesome dessert and you weren't allowed to have any? No. What? So was this like all, was this like a thing? Weird. So we're like we're like Sam Clemens, uh, like uh, <laughs> Angelfish Girls. Like sometimes my parents have dessert and I don't get to have any because I'm a kid. Like what is this weird world? <laughs> Sam Samuel was all like, "That's too bad." As he shoveled cake in his mouth and the Angelfish got nothing. This is for adults. I just like, cause nothing and like it. Like it's so like opposite of now. Where yeah. like now we like we cater to kids. Like whatever. The, yeah, the this kid, my kid only eats fish fingers and and like Cheetos. That's the only food he'll That's eat. The only thing I can get them to fucking eat. Whereas then it's like, oh yeah, we're having dinner. Um, dessert. No desserts for the adults. You're a kid. You don't get it. Go away. You're a child. You don't get this. This is for us. Though, I mean, it does make sense in the fact that children are growing creatures and probably need more energy than, I guess, normal adult humans do. I Maybe. But at the same time, I guess it's in proportion and ratio. Right. Um, but uh, as you mentioned before, um, a lot of adults back then had a little tough jobs. Seriously, like, ah, oh, you're harsh. <laughs> Listen, your father's been working in the coal mines. He's going to get this cake. You, what have you been doing? Just going to school all the time and then doing your 12 hours of chores? <laughs> you don't get dessert. Fuck you. Take your candle and go to bed. <laughs> yes, my mom. Be up in a few hours to milk the cows and do whatever the hell we do in old-timey times. Not eat dessert. Not eat dessert. Not a dessert. Well, just... dessert was a much more of a rare thing, I know, back in like the old, old times, like you had to be rich to really eat a dessert. Well, we're, we're like fruit was considered right. not only a dessert, but like a prize because no one, could, I mean, they didn't have fresh produce everywhere. Well, I think you're, I think you're going a little farther than our, than our radio I shows know. referencing. I know. This, this was our broadcast from uh, February 25th, 1940. And by then, we so, had already started doing all kinds yeah. of stuff with candy. But, you just find it anywhere. But kids, no, no. You've had your dinner. Go to bed. This is daddy and mommy's dessert. Daddy and mommy to eat pie. 
youngster, did this ever happen to you? The family would sit down to some special dessert, but you weren't allowed to have any. Remember how hurt you felt? Well, that never happens when there's Jell-O for dessert. For Jell-O is marvelously light and wholesome, and the whole family can enjoy it, from Grandpa on down to Junior. And believe me, the whole family does enjoy it. For Jell-O is the perfect ending to any meal. Those six delicious flavors are as delightful and refreshing as the juicy ripe fruit itself. And those six gay colors, as cheerful as a rainbow, make a radiant success of your dessert course. Make it something truly special every time. So treat the family to some Jell-O tomorrow. If you haven't enjoyed it recently, you'll find it even better than you remember. More delicious and inviting, more downright swell. Try it and see. Look for those big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O, and Jell-O spells an all-family treat. It just don't stop in those old ads. Well, it's, I mean, it was a, like, one, constant. One product sponsoring a whole show. But get it all up front. Yeah. Well, they, and they also work it in throughout. Like, you, I don't. I kind of like the way they use Dual Raiders when you can actually work in the sponsor to to the show. It's kind of fun. Should we try that on Ramjack? Let's just pick an arbitrary sponsor for a week and try to put them in the show as much as possible. Like West Bend's Poppery 2. Yeah, like the, I mean, the Poppery 2 is what we did. But mm-hmm. let's bring that back again. We should get the West Bend down. We should do it. I but love it, Jello? All six flavors? All six flavors. What did he say? All those gay colors? Like the rainbow or something? All, all the gay colors of the rainbow. <laughs> as delicious as the fruit they're based off. All right. Well, okay. Okay, all, all six flavors. All six flavors. Six sounds like... What do you do with six flavors of Jello? Have a straight up fucking party is what you do. I mean, we have so many options now. Like, to, to pause in the Jello aisle... Like, if we got someone from that time into the future with all these options, they wouldn't know what to do. No. It's like, wait, you have more than six flavors of Jell-O? What? Wait, you have more dessert other than just Jell-O? Can, are kids allowed to have, have it? I mean, are these other desserts wholesome? Like, I like Oreos, but are they wholesome? I also love that it's wholesome dessert. And swell. And swell. Everyone loves it. Grandpa likes it because he can chew it or, like, gum it, and it goes down. And mm-hmm. kids love it because it's weird. It shakes. It's jiggly. And they're allowed to have it, unlike other desserts. Yeah. The only reason you're allowed to have this kid is because it costs nothing. Right. Um, you basically just add water or, and maybe sugar and pour it. And there's so much of it. Yeah. Like, you can just pour a lot of it, like a grip of it. Yeah. Well, not a grip, but a lot of it into, like, cups, and there you go. It can feed a family. Right. It's 1940. We've got to deal with rations. Like, really do. Shit's tough. So that's, is that why Jell-O exists? They were like, let's make something. Well, what? Okay, Jell-O could work. This will be a dessert. All the kids will love it. Pretty amazing. I just love it. I just, it's so weird to me because, like, now you think, like, if a family's having a dessert, of course the kids are going to have, you know, it's all catered to kids. Like, the idea of just, like, no, you don't get this. <laughs> this is a special treat for the adults. Well, we, got a, well, we had a special treat at the beginning of this episode. I mean, but we, didn't we had our dessert. We didn't exclude anyone. If Cedric put his little paw out, we'd be like, here you go, Cedric. Here's yours. But Cedric is still working his way back to the studio. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, and he will get his dessert when he gets here. Yes, he will. Um, that is weird, though. No, there's something, something about it that just fascinates me. Like a different, it's just a completely different attitude towards children. I, I love that in most, when I, when we were growing up it seemed, and this may have been just my mother, um, but it seemed like every meal kind of had a dessert-ish thing to it. Um, at school, chocolate milk. That's a dessert, I'm sorry. It's mm-hmm. milk with chocolate inside of it. Yeah. And that was there. Right. Um, at school, they also had cookies and stuff like that. Like, a dessert was present at every meal as an option to have. True. Uh, when I was growing up, in my a lunchbox, my mother always would pack everything. She'd always put, like, a little dessert in there every meal. Mm-hmm. And even when I was growing up, I was like, do I really need a dessert every lunch? Like, 
Okay. But, um... <laughs> Look, Mom. Look. Maybe calm it down with those desserts. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much jello I can have before <laughs> I'm a little bit... Let me soft pedal the jello. I think that's a common thing now. Like, people have dessert, like, every day with some meal. Like, at least dinner or lunch. I guess. Yeah. I know people at, I know the people at the office, um, and they're not laughing at odd jokes because they're over-sexualizing everything. Um, they are definitely shoveling food in their face. Like, they have their emergency rations of candy at their desk. Emergency Dude. rations of candy. Dude, I have never worked in an office that wasn't all up with weird food. Like, constant, like, bringing cakes in and, oh, like, group things. Like, hey, guys, I made brownies. Everyone get a brownie. No, leave me alone. Your dessert. Here's your dessert. Oh. Make sure the kids get it first. And we know ever since that jello, jello fiasco of the 40s, they've been demanding it. Oh. I mean, we can't have dessert every meal? Well, fuck, we're going to do it. Listen, what I like to do in my office is I make sure that I, at 3 o'clock, at 3 o'clock, I always go down and I get myself a bag of chips. Now, of course, I have my emergency candies just stashed, just ready in case I'm having a bad day. <laughs> I need a pick-me-up. Oh, but also, um, today was Laura's birthday, so we brought in cake for her. We all sang, sang happy birthday, passed a card around. Um, and um, at lunch, like lunch? What are you talking about lunch? <laughs> you just ate enough calories for the day. You did it. You got all those calories in the morning. Well, I was having a bad day. I was having a... I, this is the whole If I don't have my emergency candy for bad days, uh, birthday cakes, um, lunch, get a blue and onion. Sometimes we split that as a group. We all go out for lunch together, get that with our meal. Um, sometimes we split it as a group. Sometimes. <laughs> Other times we eat it alone. Some, sometimes the group doesn't go out and we just sit in our car and cry and then eat our blue and onion. You say that, but I did see some people eating. I have seen people eating in the suburbs. Alone in their car. Were they crying? I couldn't tell, but honestly, I think maybe one of them was, mm -hmm. and that was kind of weird. Oof. Almost wanted to knock on the window and just like give them a thumbs up or something. Well, you know, you do you do all that, and you have such a rough day, and then you you get back to the office, and you're like, well, it's two fifty nine. I guess I better start taking that elevator downstairs to the snack machine. Time <laughs> to get my chips. Because it's not afternoon without my afternoon snack right. and or dessert. And then you just gotta make it till five. Do you think it, on the way home I like to go buy and grab a milkshake on the way home? It's not. It's hot in that car. It's really hot in the summer. And I just I like to get a milkshake and I just I drink the whole thing before I get home. And it's dinner. the summer. It's the summer. You need something to quench yes. your thirst. Yeah. So I just get a milkshake just to quench that thirst. Yeah. And luckily, or an ice cream Luckily, cone. luckily it's so warm out. Roy's been grilling, so I get home and like there's already hamburgers and chickens on the grill. Bitch, what are you doing? <laughs> you just took us through dinner, Brad. You're... I'm sure the night is filled with snack opportunities. Oh. And there's always a bedtime snack. Well, eventually I just like pass out comatose on the couch and I just I lose I just I just wake up like with a with the with with the chicken leg just just shoved in my and mouth. It's an endless cycle because you wake up and it's already like, oh no, I didn't sleep in my bed. This is already a bad day. <laughs> Wink. I better I better go by the store on the way to work, pick up some chocolates. It's gonna be a bad day, y'all. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle, dessert. Guys, just calm the fuck down. Yeah, just relax. Relax. Why don't you just grab some hummus and some vegetables? This, this might sound crazy. Um, there are times I really wish as a diabetic I did not have to eat. I know that sounds weird, mm -hmm. but, I mean, you're aware of this. There are times when, as a diabetic, you're supposed to make sure that your food... Like, the sugar's in your blood, but you have to, like, balance it so it needs to be kind of level. Right. There are times I wish, God, I wish I could just go to bed without having to eat food. Mm -hmm. Can I please just go back to that life for a second? Yeah. But, I mean, 
Did Jello start this snack craze or this dessert craze? Are uh, we blaming them? I don't blame Jello. I'm not fine, blaming them. The fine it's people awesome. that brought us the Jack Benny show. I really wish shows still did this. Yeah. Like, obviously, with um, the new media of streaming stuff, people are getting further and further away from commercials. Let's just go full on Jack Benny. Let's bring that back like this. Yeah. Let's At the beginning it. of Vampire uh, Diaries. Hey guys, this is Stefan, and the today's show is brought to you by Jello. Well, like, just, and put it throughout the entire show. But like they did that when uh, Dana Carvey had his TV show. Nice, well I, done. Like they had the mug root beer Dana Carvey show. Oh, I didn't know Mug sponsored that. They, he did. They did. Um, like they did like a few episodes, and I think I think Pete's Hut was a sponsor for a couple episodes. Like they switched it out a couple of times. Nice. But like, and they would bring it up, and they would do it throughout the show. Let's just do that again. That's yeah. fun. I mean, yeah. do that for a while, and people get bored. We'll do commercials again. Like, yeah. or both. Who? Yeah. Interesting. The past. These Jello jigglers. All these Jello jigglers. See, that's why I like Jello as a kid. We never really had it, but I love the the, the you love commercials. The, you with love the, the concept, the of, concept the Jello Jello. of like sculpted Jello, right? Or food that could be in shapes. Hmm. I like that. Brad, summer camp round two came to a close not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun. I'd like to thank Jonathan for uh, subbing in on the show. Yes, indeed. Um, it was hilarious. Um, and I really regret that I, again, missed that episode of Mr. Belvedere because I would have loved, uh, loved, loved to say equally, goodbye. Yes. I would have loved to say goodbye to Lame Wendy. Yeah. Um, best of luck with that marriage. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, I come back with stories from nice. summer camp. And I have a list of things so I don't forget any um, of some of the highlights. And admittedly, some of this is scattered, so I'll just take them as they are. But it was it was a phenomenal summer camp experience, and it was awesome. Nice. Um, You've kept this one close to the vest. You haven't told me any tales. Um, I'm going to start with a tale that happened to the end of summer camp, because it's going to make you cringe. Right. Um, not that I enjoy seeing you cringe, friend. Right. Again, this like passionate friendship we have and this show that we have, it hurts me as much as it, it physically seems to hurt you. Okay. But I just, I got to admit something. I, I'm not proud of this. Um, my shoes got more action at summer camp this year than I did. Um, <laughs> is this going where I think it's going? It might. Um, Yikes. so at the end of summer Somebody camp, fuck your shoe. At the end of summer camp, we have like the counselors after like the staff party, right? Um, and at Ohio, it gets real fast, and then we have the after after party, and we've talked about that, right, whatever. Right. Um, but at Chesapeake, uh, near DC, we always go back to um, the woman who's in charge of its house, her awesome townhouse. And we all kind of chill and relax, but it's much more just like a traditional kind of adult party. And not to say that it's adult themed, I'm just saying that it's, it's a party that adults would go to. and like it, It's more mature party. All right. um, this year there was a lot more younger people uh, who were awesome. And there was a lot more of cultural mixes. We had two people from somewhere in the Middle East, I cannot remember the country. But they were awesome. One of them was a phenomenal dancer. And then we had a guy who was uh, in all, from Australia in the States just here for a month, thought it'd be good to do a summer camp for a week. He was awesome. Nice. And all kinds of people from all over the United States. And it was the most cultural and racially diverse staff. And even, like, the campers and have ever... I've ever been at a Camp Quest, which was great. It was awesome. Nice. And these kids, again, were so smart. But anyway, at the end of the week, we have this awesome party. I bought some new shoes recently. It's the first time I've bought sneakers in a decade because the last time I bought sneakers was in 2002 when I started a job at the Buckle as a kid. 
because they had sneakers. So like, oh, I'll buy some sneakers. That's the last time I bought tennis shoes. So I thought, I'll buy some new tennis shoes. I needed them for like a golf outing or something um, at work. So I got these new awesome limited edition uh, Nike Freeze, which are really good shoes. I recommend them. They're super comfortable and they're good for running, but they look nice. I'll be honest. I, I walked in the store, saw them like, those are the shoes I want. And as an adult, you can do that because you forget, like the last time I bought shoes, I was still in the mentality like, oh, I don't know if my parents are going to let me buy these or like, I don't know if I have enough, have I saved enough money? I'm like, wait a minute, I'm a fucking adult. I, I can buy whatever the fuck I want. It's fine. Nice. So um, I also like them because they're Lance Armstrong limited edition shoes. So that's even better. So it's like live strong. So it's like, all right, these were obviously made slight. <laughs> all right, this nice. is going to be awesome. Um, but they're on point. I get I get tons of compliments on them when I wear them out. Like always. Again, part of the whole thing about them getting more action than me. They're like, "Hey, Alex, love those kicks." I'm like, "Oh, thanks." Um, start chatting someone up, and they're like, "All right, done. Your shoes are okay." Um, live strong. Goodbye. Yeah, live strong. Late. Um, so one of the guys at camp, really awesome guy, kind of reserved in his own ways. I, I haven't talked to him much. Gets plastered. A lot of people are like plastered drunk at this after party. There's a lot of stories that come just from the after party, which are hilarious. Nice. Um, so one time randomly he's taking shots or whatever and someone compliments me on my shoes as we're all kind of sitting down and relaxing and I'm like well thanks and I kind of I kind of like I'm sitting down so I lift them up and kind of like do a fake like um hey check them out like ooh like modeling of the shoes and as I do he grabs and is like that's a nice looking shoe um uh -huh. caressing it looking at it looks at the people around him like goes shh like whispers to like the shoes talking to him gets really close and then licks it from heel up to the top. Lingers at the top, pecks a little bit, and then draws away. And no one really knows what to do other than laugh. I'm laughing. I'm dying. My That's first thought option. was somewhere That's Brad is dying. Somewhere Brad option. is curled up. And there's a chill that ran... That's, ran through that, Brad right that's, now. That's why I was bringing out in hives because somehow, somewhere, you some, were like, "There's someone oh, licking a shoe." Yeah, and not like eh, like a little tongue, like flat, all oh, the full of his tongue from bottom. Like try to make it as sexual as possible. Oh, he's dead now. And no, I mean, I don't really know why he did it other than like those are nice looking shoes. I'm gonna make out with them. Um, I guess, which is not my first idea when I look at a shoe. Oh. Um, so that was funny. Um. But he did it again. Not too soon after that, because some people missed it. I guess. I know you had just taken these shoes right out of the box. You had never worn them. They were, they were um, factory sealed, though still disgusting. I bought them two weeks prior to go to the golf outing, so they were on the course. Uh -huh. um, but that's a golf course. I mean, right, come on. Right. That's, that's what, I mean, come on. It's still pretty bad. Um, and I wore them to camp uh -oh. while traveling there, oh, no. which was an, a 10-hour drive. Oh, Every gas station we stopped oh, at. Oh, gas station. Stopped to go to the restroom many times. Ah, um, <laughs> and then I wore them all that day to the storage facility around camp. Ah, campers. Murder. That's gross. That's the grossest thing. They are clean-looking shoes, though. They're white. So at the, on the top, clean. they look really nice-looking mm -hmm. and, and clean. Right. And but the bottom, keep the white bottom you, white. you walk around But the, the bottoms, you can, you can pretty much tell. He just straight just, up looked You it. just walk through the animal's restroom. Yeah. And the humans' restrooms. Yeah. All the restrooms you've walked in around on. He put that on his tongue. He's just licking the the ass of the world. More than once. Found I was out later because again this party was crazy. I was bouncing back and forth between social groups, like um, helping some people with their relationship problems, or like we'll put that in quotation marks. Um, just like trying to. It was weird. Um, some people were breaking hearts. I had to help with that. Um, that was great. 
Later, I was outside, again, having walked around. And he's like, wait a minute, come here. I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, you know what I want. And I was like, this is a funny joke, kind of. But it's gone on past the joke part. Yeah, this is weird. And every time it got a little different, like, he would just, like, really start almost making out with, well, making out with my shoe. Right. The weirdest part is that I could kind of feel it through the shoe. <gasps> because these are Nike Freeze. Like, the whole thing is, like, they have padding, but they're supposed to be able to, like, the whole bottom is segmented into, right. like, a grid. Mm-hmm. And it's loose, so that it actually moves with your foot a lot more than a normal shoe would. Right. So we can get more so, of the, the animal feces. Y- yeah. Like, it grips... Brad, this is a bacteria. I would love to actually take a like a swab of it and see what's on there. Um, again, I could. What's gross at the bottom of the shoe or the, this dude's tongue? Well, now his tongue. Like, I mean, come on. Who knows what he's? I mean, up the to. human mouth is like one of the most bacterial ridden. But monster. granted, it's good yeah. bacteria. Like, yeah. it's bacteria that helps us mo- for the most yeah. part. Um, but I could feel when he was. I mean, it wasn't like you're looking bottom of the shoe. and I couldn't feel it. I could feel. I mean, I could. Mm. I knew where his tongue was on my shoe because it was that. He's going for it. He's going for it. It was kind of weird. You gotta catch it all. I'll be honest. I didn't hate it. It wasn't like. Yes, you did. It wasn't like this is weird. It was like this is weird, but it's not really weird. Weird. I don't know how. I don't. I, that made me question things for a second. I was like, I don't know about this shoe thing. Yikes. Um. Yeah. Easily licked the shoe five to six times that night. Ugh. The next. Uh, He's also the founder of Wikifeet. <laughs> um, so the night progresses. Um, he passes out on the floor awkwardly. Um, the only way he knows how. Um, I go pass out some other place. Everyone's passing out in different places and just going to sleep. When I, when I get up in the morning before he gets up, I walk into the living room where he passed out and we're talking with people. And suddenly um, I feel like something on my shoe. I look down and his, he's caressing my shoe. Like. He woke up, and my shoe was in front of him. He just put his hand on it. We're just like, what's up, shoe? And everyone started laughing, obviously, because it's hilarious. Like, this guy wakes up from a drunken super, still hungover. He sees my shoe and just like, oh, hey, what's up? You entirely sure that, like, he, he stayed there the whole night and he did corn and fuck your shoes? I'm no, I know. I don't know. I really don't know. You'll it would have surprised know. me. He didn't move when to sleep. Like, I saw him mm-hmm. when I woke up the next morning. He was moved. But fuck those shoes. Probably fucked my shoes. That was the weirdest thing, and I knew that if you'd have been there and seen it, you would have Dunzo. just gone comatose. Dunzo. Just like Brad passed out. Goodbye. You would have been, ah! and then just passed Farewell out. Like cruel. Me fanning you. Um, the vapors. <laughs> that was so weird. So that's already okay. That that's that's the end to a crazy week. That is bad news bears. At one point during the week, we tricked the kids into thinking it was going to snow, and that was awesome. Um, again, middle of July. One day, uh, my co-counselor, his name is Zach. Uh, I'll be really close. I probably won't try to mention so many names because there's some stories in here. I'm pretty sure people wouldn't want out, and that's fine. If you're listening, hey, guys, who knows who all this is? But this story in particular is Zach. Um, So there was – he was really – I love Zach. He's awesome, and he he really likes, like, playing around with the kids and and being – and joking around. But he does it in a very serious way that the kids don't understand, which is great, and I love that. So there was some, like, talk. Like, he would come over and just say stuff, like, talking like – think it's gonna snow because that'll be fun just pretend like like you're really like taking in what i'm saying right now when they ask we'll do it so it's all premeditated. i'm like yeah mm-hmm, yeah and I, i'm like fooling along and afterwards the kids are like what did, what's going on i was like don't worry about it don't worry about it so the kids got super curious and eventually we're just like what are they not telling us so at separate times me and zach talked to different groups of kids and like look we didn't want to say anything but it's supposed to blizzard later like, there's a weird front moving in. It's, like, crazy. Like, this would never happen. And we're supposed to get between, like, four to six feet of snow overnight. And, and we're thinking about what we should do, whether, like, call in the parents or, like, nice. whether we need to stay here. Like, what happens? And they're like, Alex, that's ridiculous. It's f- 
it's summer. I mean, we're the smart kids, so like, you're not gonna pull anything like that, that's stupid. No. But we kept it up and said it's so serious, and the rest of the counselors kind of got in on it, that the kids started to actually believe us. Which is in its own way um, a testament to like, I guess, what is that, an appeal from authority? Like, if mm-hmm. an authority figure tells you something, um, you'll eventually accept it. And that's especially, like, you can see that in children a lot more. They've done studies on it. Right. Um, so it got real. Like, a girl came up to me and was like, Alex, I need you to be straight with me. Is it going to snow or not? And I said, we're monitoring it. It looks like right now it might swing north of us, but... Who knows with these snowstorms? I, like it really could come out. <laughs> Who knows with these freaks? I'm out telling, storms. I'm telling this to children as it's like a hundred, like the heat index is over a hundred. Right. Like we're having to like drink water, um, like all the time. Like remind, hey kids, drink fucking water. You gotta drink, or we'll die, or we'll dehydrate and we'll die. Like and you'll be lost in the snow. But you'll be it's lost sweltering. in the snow. Sunglasses on, putting your hand up to kind of block out the sun. Are you for real? It's gonna snow later. So the kids started getting excited. I love it. And <laughs> deceiving children, just like straight even. up deceiving. When she, when when I realized that she started to believe it was true, I thought, "This is genius." And Zach is awesome. And this is hilarious. Nice. Um, day come and went, came and went. Morning didn't snow. Obviously, not even the remotest chance of rain, let alone snow. <laughs> the kids get up, look outside, and are like, "What the what?" They go over to Zach and like, Zach, what's up? It was supposed to snow. And he's like, oh, my bad. And just <laughs> drops it, just like it never happened. And they're just, <laughs> they are so pissed off awesome. for like the morning and they forget about it. But I love that their re- his reaction to them saying like, it didn't snow, what happened? Like them still like believing like, well, maybe it went north of us. He was like, oh, my bad. And just like, <laughs> like didn't even care. Like, oh, okay, whatever. Did snow. Hmm. Nice. Gotcha. Um, this also, um, I guess, prompted us one morning to wake some of the kids up by saying Santa Claus. <laughs> Which is something I did to my sister once as a child. Um, and it was beautiful when I did it to her, because I don't even know what possessed me. I think it was it was probably July. My mother loves fucking Christmas, and she will constantly, she celebrates Christmas in July. Like She's like, yes, I get another month to listen to Christmas music. My mother just loves Christmas, whatever. Um, so I'm sure that prompted me, but I remember waking her up one morning. Like, I was supposed to go in and wake her up. I was like, hey, Katie, wake up. Katie, wake up. Katie, Santa Claus came. <laughs> Which is what I would do when we were young, when it was Christmas. So when she woke up, she was like, ah. And when I said that, her eyes got big with the same excitement. She's like, is it really Christmas? But then there was a sudden realizing in her head, and her facial expression was like, wait a minute. You asshole. That's awesome. <laughs> Fucking jerk. It's July. And of course, I laughed in her face as a child. The only cruel thing I ever did, I, I promise. Sure, I, right, I, right. It bothers me to this day, but we did it to the kids at summer camp. Um, and it was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. It bothers me to this day. I love doing it to other kids, though. It's, I, it's so funny. Um, but they didn't. They honestly didn't have the same reaction. Like, one of them was like, what? But it's like, but did it snow? Like, what? It, like, they didn't fully get it, but it was still, right. the nature of it was understood. So that was fucking hilarious. I'll go over the rest of the things really quick because I know we have so much to do on the show, Brad. We got two yes. shows to talk about. Um, everyone was super patriotic at this camp for some reason. The count, one of the counselors started it kind of sarcastically, like um, in one of the philoso- uh, like philosophical discussions and or virtuosic discussions. Someone said something offhand that was kind of a sarcastic, uh, like jab at our government, and um, he said. He would say stuff like America and like USA, and eventually the kids got to where they would chant USA during certain parts. And some of the, a lot of the older kids got the sarcasm involved. A lot of the younger kids didn't. So there was like a mixed kind of patriotism that was kind nice. of like. So the kids were like, "Why are we doing this? Is funny, but I don't know." So eventually through the week, they realized there was some confusion on that, and we kind of like started to actually like, "All right, guys, now look, 
let's learn about um, the Pledge of Allegiance before um, uh, Under God wasn't put on there and like the course of money within God we trust and stuff like that. Like we, we turned it into a learning lessons, but at first the kids were like, what? And they kind of got the, it was an interesting, I'm not sure, uh, patriotism, I'll just say. All right. In all of its guises. So that we chant USA every time. This climaxed um, at the end of the week when the forage camp told us to segregate the chairs in the lunchroom. We had to separate before we would leave. Like best practices was to make sure you separate the blue chairs and the brown chairs in the different parts of the room. And when they said this to everyone, um, one of the kids like looked angry and was like, no, no. And he grabbed a blue chair and put it on top of a brown chair, pointed at it and started chanting, USA, USA. And all the kids were like, got up and were like pointing and like chanting and like hands up in the air, like, no, fuck 4-H, this is America. <laughs> Blue and brown chairs will mix. <laughs> and they started chanting and we all looked at each other and the counselor who had started the US patriotism, just I, almost on the verge of tears, like looking over and just like smiling, like, yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. Adorable, amazing. Um, the carnival was great. Um, we played water pong. I should also say that because it was so hot, we taught kids drinking games, so they would drink water. So in lieu of uh, a fine alcohol, um, we would play drinking games with water. There's a game called Waterfall, where someone starts drinking and you can't stop drinking until the person in front of you stops. Um, so he played it with his campers, and they played Waterfall wow. with water. I love you um, teaching kids drinking games. We did water shots. My, my groups of kids did water shots because they would not, they just were like, I don't need my water bottle. So I was like, who wants water shots? Water shots? And they would lean their heads back, and I'd pour their mouth in the water, and they'd take, a, they'd take a water shot. And we did it until their water bottles were like halfway empty. We taught these kids drinking games. So um, Awesome. Getting them ready for the future. Yeah. And my game at the carnival was uh, water pong. Um, so it's it's basically beer pong. We had we had uh, ah. solo cups up with ping pong balls and water in the bottom That's of it. Awesome. Um, these kids I, are getting home. They're like, I want to do some water shots. Mm-hmm. Look what I learned. We learned these cool water drinking games. Three rack. <laughs> set the cups again. Um, they come so, home and they're just like the kids have got like full beer pong. So. Oh yeah, like straight up beer pong. You learned it at camp. Get them to do a water shot. <laughs> Coke shots. Yeah. I do an orange juice shot. Love it. How do you do that? Well, I lean back, I open my mouth, and you pour orange juice in my mouth. Like at camp. Uh, <laughs> what are you learning at camp? But anything to get these kids to drink, because, God, the heat index was crazy. Um, so that was, a lot of cool stuff happened, but that's some of the highlights of camp. Nice. Um, and I can't wait for next year, man. It's awesome. We should get you involved. There's got to be a way to get you out there. We'll get you bug spray, Brad. We'll yeah. get you one of those umbrella hats you can wear so the sun doesn't bother you all day. Ah, we'll I'll get you one of those ice belt vests I used to wear as a mascot. That could work, right? Hey guys, it's that super special time of the week when we check in with our friend, Mr. Belvedere. Streets on the China, never met it before. Who cares? Chris, when you were gonna, you were gonna combine Mr. Belvedere and Balky's names when you said that. Mr. Balkadeer. <laughs> Mr. Balky of the Air. But child, Kevin, <laughs> you cannot do that. Barkamavir. <laughs> Barkakavir. I mean, the possibilities are endless. It's I mean, uh, not ending. You can't. What other 80s television shows would you combine? Like a Perfect Strangers, Belvedere would be a pretty neat kind of quasi. I like do, a, I anytime really... a Bal- you put a Balky in a Charles in Charge or a Belvedere situation, Ooh. that can only be amazing. I just imagine. Gold. See, I just imagine we should bring Belvedere into the Strangers universe. Oh, well, that would be great it's too. Just, it's, the, it's the same. It's just Belvedere's there to help them through their <laughs> issues. 
and they can use Larry, so calm help. down. Larry? Balgi, you're an idiot. <laughs> He's so funny. But we'll get to Perfect Strangers in a second, Brad. Yes. You have 60 seconds. Oh, my. To summarize this episode of Mr. Belvedere entitled The Fall Guy. The Fall Guy. Friend, have you prepared yourself adequately? Give me a moment. You take all the time you need. Because I know how stressful this can be. I know how hard it is to keep it down under 60 seconds for sure. Mm-hmm. But to win the game, me and Brad play between ourselves every week. Whoever gets the closest to a minute yes. wins. That could be over by a second if the other person is under by four. Whoever's closest. Nope, you can't go over. The closest about go going over. over. The price rules right. change sometimes. No, it's always been price of right. In my mind, it you was... always try to change it to your benefit. I think it's more fun if you whoever's closest... So let's say I, it was 59.9 uh, like seconds. No, because I think you have to have a rational endpoint, and the endpoint is one minute. Now, see, if, if you both go over, if you both go over, if you both go over, then it's whoever's lowest. Nah. But it's two a minute, and that's not only, over. It's only rational if you put it prices rise rules. In mine, it, there's a mark, and if you go a little bit over, a little bit, it's like horseshoe rules. Um, whoever's closest to the pole wins. But we can play it any way you want. Any yeah, way this is the way want. we've been playing it the whole time. I, in my mind, it hasn't been that way the whole time. In right. fact, I think I said I won once when I went over slightly, but you were like under by like a lot. But I don't remember all that. It's fine. I don't think you've ever been over by just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. I think it's much more likely that this scenario has just never happened. I'm making it up in my head. Oh, no. Oh, no. Which is fitting for this episode of Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> Indeed. Are you ready or what? Yes, I'm ready. All right, give me a minute on the clock. On go. Three, two, one, go! All right, this is the fall guy. Everybody's going out of the house. Uh, Kevin, Kevin's going to go on a date. Uh, George and Martian Belvedere are going to the opera. Wackiness. Um, Heather is going to the movies with, uh, uh, with Savvy Angela, but she's going to have to take Wesley T along. But uh, she doesn't want to take Wesley. Isn't Wesley old enough to stay home alone? All right, fine. We're going to give you another shot. Don't know why, but they do. Uh, so, Kevin is going to get a car because he needs his own car so he can go out and not have to borrow the family car. There's all kinds of drums because when we next morning we find out something's been spilled on the pillow. Is it bleach? Is it vomit? Apparently they're the same thing. Um, Wesley gets blamed for it, but it was actually Kevin who brought home a drunk girl who also left behind uh, an earring and a bottle of maple syrup slash booze. It's kind of wacky. Wesley takes the fall for it to, to save Kevin so Kevin can get the car. In the end, it all comes out and the hell breaks down. Everyone gets in trouble. There's a lot of wacky fantasies. That's the up. 59.4 seconds. Mm, I think we know who's got this one in the bag. Oh, we, did so. we haven't gone to the strangers I yet. I mean, Alex might get all one minute. Point I might three get 1.1. 1. 1. I might get 1.1. 1. 1. You don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Wouldn't matter. This episode of Belvedere continues the trend of Belvedere getting more and more weird, mm-hmm. but in the best possible way, I think. Yes. It starts out with Wesley T. on the couch, and he's watching television, and he's listening to a commercial about nose hair trimmers? Yeah. It's a motorized nose hair trimmer. Are you tired of using scissors and tweezers? Scissors in my nose? No, thank you. Yeah. We've had a strange addict that put scissors in their ears, ah! and that was enough to make me traumatized. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to put scissors up my nose, not close to my brain cavity? No, thank you. And Wesley T. realizes, stupid commercial, and then turns it off. Um, I will go ahead and say that later in the episode, he turns on the television again, and he is hearing another uh, similar ad 
This time saying, were you hurt by this product that was sold? There's a class action lawsuit with your name on it. Wesley Teen's like, uh, click. But how about that remote? That remote. Sheer up panic attack. I don't even know how the button works. It's, it's giant. gigantic. I don't know if it's one of those, like, actual, like, a switch. Like, it would be like a light switch on, like, on a bar of soap. Yeah, and the sound. There's one all-purpose button. Yeah, on. And then chan channel yeah. changing. How would you even, like... I don't know. How? I don't like, know. I don't understand any of it. I don't know. How do you flip channels with a with a light switch or two light switches on a fucking bar of soap? I'm so glad we've come this oh, far. We were talking earlier today. We um, were. They, listen, time travel sounds great and all, but you would never actually want to go back there and have to deal with their tech. No. You can't. You can't tweet in the past. <laughs> you can't Instagram in the past. No. You'd go back. You'd snap your pictures of Jesus. Wait. Okay. Man. Someone who's kind of like Jesus probably didn't exist. Didn't exist. Um, didn't let's, exist. Let's do it. someone who was real. Go back to Shakespeare. Yeah. Maybe see one of Shakespeare's plays. Uh, would you see Christopher Marlowe up there on stage with him? I don't know. Mm. Uh, I need something more concrete. How about go back when the Statue of Liberty was first erected? Sure. Look at that Statue of Liberty. Look at that color. It looks so different. Snap. Right. I'm just gonna can't get a signal in the past. Ah. Oh man. I'm not hey, Teddy, the edge Teddy, or 3G. Let, let me get, let me let me snap a couple of photos with you with that hippopot. Oh, never mind. Who am I gonna share them with? Yeah. Who am I gonna share them with? Nobody. Shit, my phone just died. I'm gonna. Well, I'm Damn gonna, it, Teddy. I'm just gonna vine this. Oh, I need a charge really quick. Anyone get a? Can I charge anywhere? Is anyone get a? Anybody get a charger? Oh, you don't have chargers. You don't have uh, chargers. I don't need the new Apple charger. I need the old one. Oh, you don't have those either. Oh, this is hundreds of years before that happened. Fuck. How am I supposed to vine this shit? What's the point of time travel? Fuck time travel. Fuck time Useless. travel. Useless. That's why, that's, you hit it on the head yeah. earlier, Brad. That's why no one's come from the future, because yeah. they can't do all their tech. Yeah. They're like 4Gs. There's nowhere to charge shit. The fuck? Where's all the, where's all the Wi-Fi? Where's the global uh, solar system covering Wi-Fi? You don't have that? Internet isn't inside your brain? Shit. How do you live? No. We have a time machine. I'm not going back any farther than like a couple of weeks. <laughs> so you can find an Instagram all yeah. of it. How about when Instagram first hit? It looked really gross when it first hit. Yeah, it was really buggy. Like, yeah, and it, just the aesthetic was weird. Yeah. But you'd be the first one there, it's like, yay, first! Yeah. That, I mean, the first, the time first month that Vine was up, it just, the app just crashed all the time. No way. Can't, can't use it. We did think about, uh, through quantum entanglement, throwing a satellite back into mm -hmm. the past so you could um, take pictures of the, the surface and like, get in there mm -hmm. and just keep it in orbit before yeah. they even realized what was going on. Take dino pictures. Yeah. Pictures of dinosaurs. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, this remote control is ridiculous. Fuck this shit. Not interested. Yeah, that's that's what killed time travel. Yeah. Belvedere's remote killed time travel. Definitely. Forever. We were going to do it, guys, but not anymore. What's Belvedere up to? What's he doing tonight? He is dressed up as a magician, I believe. <laughs> and he is going to take George and Marcia to the opera. As a magician. <laughs> As a magician. He's got his hat that's flat. His top hat. Yeah. He's, um, got, a, he's got a magic pop-up top hat. Yeah. And, then, and a cape. Yeah. And that he can easily just dip his hand in there, take out a rabbit, take out one of those endless handkerchiefs. Mm -hmm. He's got a whole... He can go for five minutes on the street. Definitely. And he's ready for that at the opera. George is dragging his feet. The opera... Uh, when's this going to be over? When the fat lady sings, George. Quite literally. Well, whatever. Opera is many things. I don't think of opera as boring. No. Like, it's incredible. It's super epic. It's like Lord of the Rings. Like, Lord of the Rings is boring. <laughs> Opera's not boring. It's better. Guys, go see an opera. Don't watch Lord of the Rings. That's my, that's my pick for the week. Go see any opera and not Lord of the Rings. 
Unless it's a shitty opera. I agree with you. Because the more and more we get away from when the Lord of the Rings launched and away from my childhood, the more I'm bored with it. I'm like, what is this? This is a lame story. Yeah. Tons of stories are better. The opera, much better. Yeah. Go see The Ring Cycle, which Lord of the Rings is all based on, is a thousand times better than Lord of the Rings. Super long, too. Like, way long. But nothing wrong with that. It's awesome. So, they're going to the opera. What's Kevin doing tonight? Kevin is going to the big party. She's upset he can't use the car because they're going to the opera. Well, they have two cars, the awesome car and the station wagon. He's like, I'm taking the wagon? Come on. There's going to be chicks at this party. I can't roll up in a station wagon. I tried to call it the party wagon last time they didn't go over. Yeah. Um, He's also wearing a pretty neat suit for the 80s because it's pretty tailor fit. And it also has like that, he has that purple kind of... um, dress shirt underneath it with a tie. He's looking sharp for the 80s. Okay, alright, alright. Um, so that's what he's trying to do, and they're like, kid, deal with it. Go with the station wagon, you're fine. Heather is going to take Wesley T. to the movies with, with Angela. And Wesley T. doesn't want to go, because they're, all they're going to want to watch is those girly movies, Brad. Those romantic oh. smooch movies. And Heather's like, well, it's no worse with you. You just want to see those gross horror films. And Mr. Belvedere tells them to agree to disagree and go see... What was it? Um, the Texas Chainsaw Love Story. Yeah. It's like, really, Belvedere? Yeah. You couldn't combine any other, like, 80s movies together? I get well, Whatever. Fair enough. So Wesley T gets the idea, wait a minute. I'm 11 and a half years old. I haven't done anything in the last 24 hours to uh, arise any suspicions that I might not be able to, you know, stay home alone for a few hours. I mean, Trust me. I did create that nuclear reactor. Look, me and Braceface, mostly Braceface. Um, and I did offer to show Wendy my bird, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> you know my bird. <laughs> but in the last 24 hours? What have I done to give you any... Let me stay home. You guys go. I'll stay here and hold down the fort. Yeah. Cool? Seriously? Nice. So they all leave and give Wesley T. his first bit of responsibility to where Wesley T. shuts the door and says, Good night. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Heather. Makes specifically, specifically says goodbye to Heather, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Shuts the door and turns around and goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> And then runs off. Yeah. Well, you realize later that instead of running off, he did say something after he shut the door. Definitely. But for some reason, that didn't. Definitely. You remember things differently in the past like I did earlier in this episode. But whatever. So we go to the next morning. Everybody's sitting at the breakfast table, all the kids. Uh, Marsha comes in. What the fuck happened to my pillow? This is my home sweet home pillow. Clearly someone has defaced it with bleach. The letters are all missing. Who's the culprit? Who did this? Wesley? Wesley, you destroyed my pillow. It wasn't me. Honest. Here's what I think happened. (laughs) Guys, this episode... We're going into full-out fantasy world. Yeah. And it's amazing. Blatantly in later uh, later ones, but the first reenactment. Brad, do you want to take us through it? Sure. Do you need the transition like we just did? Or yes, did please. I... Can I get that? Whoa. So Wesley T. does his maniacal laugh. Ha <laughs> ha, you fools. <laughs> you you trusted me yet again. Um, He runs off, and then he goes and he gets a bunch of snacks. As Wes- Wesley admitted, he said, yeah, I, got, I, I had two grape sodas and some snacks, and I watched TV downstairs. Then I went to bed. <laughs> he had two liters of grape soda, it looks like, from yes. the two, um, uh, well, I guess one liter bottles he grabbed. Yeah. He took a trash bag full of snacks up to his parents' room? No, this is this is the fantasy now. Yeah, this is We're the in fantasy. the fantasy. This is Marsha's fantasy. Right. In Marsha's fantasy, Wesley's guy, he's got, he's got a giant grape soda. He's got a garbage bag full of food, which, by the way, every time you see the refrigerator in this episode, it is chock-a-block full of food. Belvedere requires lots of ingredients for his I mean, special recipes. I know it's a big family, but still, that is a packed fridge. 
What else does Marsha think little boys want to do when they're home alone? Um, you know, just uh, go upstairs to their parents' room to watch dirty movies. Now, in my mind, I thought they were talking about, like, raunchy teen comedies and not X-rated films, right. which is what Marsha thought. What is this like, What is this system where they've got, like, porn, like, on demand in the bedroom? On demand wasn't a thing until, like, the 90s, right? I, well, I mean, I, you could, like, I know you could, like, you could, like, call up and, like, order movies. In the 80s? I'm pretty sure. Okay. I, d- I didn't know the tech existed back then. I mean, I think so. We'll have to look into that. I think they had pay-per-view back then. But, like, old school where you'd, like, call the cable company. But I still don't understand, like, how it's, like, just in their bedroom. They have, like, a separate cable line in the bedroom to, so George can watch porn. Like, well, like, apparently Marsha as well. I mean... Sure. But, like, it seems weird. Like, again... Weird. again because they don't have the rest of the house, which, again, means they're dropping extra money just so they can have porn in their bedroom. Like, why don't you just buy some videos or something? Why are you, like, Wes is going to go upstairs to their room so he can watch these dirty movies? Which is weird. Yeah. I mean, show him just kind of lounging, just like, meh. Yeah, so, <laughs> so he's, he's in there, and he's, like, and he's drinking the soda, and he spills soda on the... Oh, he's probably jumping up and down on the bed, and then he spills soda on the pillow. But Wes is like, no, that didn't happen. Yeah, then it's like... Back to normal, they're like, bitch, that didn't happen. I ordered a pizza and it didn't come, which is weird. I wonder where that pizza is now, but... That's a very good... That's, a, that's an open question. Yeah, I want to see that. When we do that Nights Network, we'll yeah. find out about that. The lost the lost kind of... We want to do a whole, like, few episodes on just the Huff Nagels and what they see from across the field that apparently <laughs> separates their yards. So, you know, here's a scene that could have happened. They could have had a bit where, like, when, like, Kevin and the drunk girl come in, like, something that she throws up on the pizza guy or something. Yeah. That, that's a that bit they could have cool. done. Maybe or even them bring in a pizza, like... That's kind of weird that a dude just had pizza delivered. Yeah, I wish they, yeah, they should they should have done something with that. Probably got cut for time. There's probably a much more elaborate cut somewhere. I that, really that hopefully we'll get to see someday. I hope one day. Have you listened to any of the commentary on the DVDs? I have not. I hope we listen to that and find out there was a lot cut out. Because yeah. in some episodes it's kind of obvious that something got cut. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, they know they have to hit like the 25 minute, 28 minute mark. I don't know. Um, so they're not listening to Wesley T because obviously they burnt him before. Right. Um, we're gonna get to the bottom of this. You're grounded until you start telling the truth. Wesley T's on the couch, kind of bummed out. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Kevin comes in and is like, "Dude, thanks. You did me a solid." What, this is what the fuck are you talking about, Kevin? Oh well, this is what really happened last night. <laughs> Kevin um, opens the door and he is escorted by a uh, beautiful young blonde woman. Sure. From the party. Drunk. She's like, wow, what a great dorm room. It's so big. And he's like, I'm sorry you got, like, hurt on... Okay, also the station wagon door apparently locked, so they have to run on the window and so much to crawl in. Yeah. And he says, I'm sorry, you know, either you you sprained something or scraped got your cut ankle. up, scraped your ankle on the... She's like, that's fine. I'm used to crawling into all kinds of things, like doggy doors or whatever. Oh my god, where's your roommates? And it's like, dog. What's this scenario with this girl's being forced to like climb through a doggy door? Kevin doesn't care. Yeah. Um, well, all right. You're incredibly drunk. Um, he's like, let's have another drink. I think you've had enough. But she brings out the bottle, and he's like, she's like, you're right. Oh my God, what's upstairs? And he looks up to the like to the heavens, uh, and just like, thank you, thank you so much. So they run upstairs, and he's like, are you gonna get sick? She's like, no, nah, I'm not gonna get sick. Oh, God. Oh. And she throws up upstairs. And he's like, oh, no. Brings her downstairs. She's like, I'm sicker than I thought. That's cool. I'm going to go put you on a bus. <laughs> and we'll yeah. call it a night. Yeah. So they, they leave. So that's what happened to the pillow. 
Um, right. She, she threw, threw up, up on, on it. The pillow. And then him, like, of course, Kevin, because Wesley T knows that bleach bleaches out things. I mean, how right. many things is he... Exactly. That kid probably loves bleach for all kinds of reasons right. to clean up a lot of messes. Definitely. But Kevin doesn't understand that. He's like, oh, this is a kind of white pillow. Put bleach on it. Shit. But the, here's the thing, though. Did Kevin say he put bleach on the pillow? I'm pretty sure it's inferred that he did. It's inferred. It's, you would think. But what he says is, I just I took the pillow. I didn't know what to do with it, so I hid it in the closet. Yeah. that He does say that. In my mind, he also bleached it and was like, fuck, fuck, I, fuck. I think we're supposed to closet. imply that he put... But I imagine, never stated. I imagine that somehow he's just like... The, the pillow is just... Like, her, her vomit is just that toxic. And Marsha doesn't... Can't What is infer. she drinking? I don't know. What do you have here? Is this a shot? It's bleach, you idiot. <laughs> that... Okay, I could see that. So, um... We're back to the present. Um, yeah, just to reiterate... He did put her on a bus. He put her on a bus. He put her on a bus. She is blitched out of her fucking mind. Yeah. That's cool. Hey, put her on the bus. Make sure she gets home. Mm. She... 80s were weird. Yeah. yeah. And not in the pit. Fuck. Enjoy in that right, Enjoy that right bus in the pit. Oh, yeah, we'll take care of her. So, Kevin says, look, Wesley Dean, I need you to take the rap for me. I'm going to get a new car soon because the station wagon, fuck that. I've saved $1,500. Dad says that he will match that. Or is it $1,800? I can't remember. I think it's $1,800. Yeah. And then we'll go get a car together. I'm so close to freedom. If you take the rap from me, because all they're going to do is ground you because you're a child. You're 11 and a half years old. No big deal. A week, I'm going to let you drive that car when I get it if you do this for me. And I want to say even Wesley T's a little bit like, really, dog? Yeah. There's a reason why. And you're an awesome kid. You don't get bored. You're not a dummy. Think of all you can do. I'll let you drive my car. I'll let you drive my car. I'll let you drive my <laughs> car. What are you saying, Kevin? <laughs> oh, Kevin. Like, seriously. Seriously. <laughs> Dude, I'm with you. He built a nuclear reactor. He's a monster. Don't put him behind a wheel. Don't let him be behind a wheel. Like, none of the kids in this family can drive. <laughs> Especially Heather, which we realize more yeah. later. But fuck... Kevin's just one bad decision after another. That's his life. Yeah, seriously. Quit fucking up, Kevin. He's he's like he's the he's the only kid that the life is going to be the saddest. Like oh, if we get yeah. like a, a current day reunion app, like it would just be like Kevin like got somebody knocked up like it's oh like, no and just like has some not kids Lane Wendy not Lane shut Lane. up no nope, Lane Wendy's gone forever we've said goodbye to her and never thankfully, see again thankfully um unless he he's raising her children he probably got guilted into raising her children. <laughs> just the rea- the natural reaction from Brad on that, like it like it caught up with you in your head, like shit. That would be the worst. I hate it. Let never again. Never again. <laughs> Listen, two things: nine eleven, lame Wendy. Never again. <laughs> never forget. Never again. <laughs> We need to get they hate a us task for force freedom. on that they one. They hate us for our freedom. And we ain't gonna let that bitch come back and do it again. No thank nope. you. No thank you. Well, Night's Network, no, we're gonna edit her out. <laughs> we'll replace her. <laughs> there are some changes we're gonna be bringing that you may not like. Mm. But trust me, you're gonna like them. You're gonna love them. We're gonna replace Lynn Wendy with Angela episodes. Just yes. deal with it. So, Wesley T's like, alright, this makes no sense really, but I'll, I'm cool with it. Parents come in, he's like, hey mom, hey dad, take a knee, I need to tell you something. It was me. It was just like mom fantasized. I was watching those dirty, no good, bad movies upstairs, jumping on the bed, and I spilled my grape 
soda all over your pillow. It's not, wait, not just that. We got to back up a little bit. First, he, he goes down and he raids Mr. Belvedere's. Oh, yeah, because, okay, wait, let's do his, because this is his yeah. tale of what mom did. So first thing I did, I went downstairs and I and I got like I got all the grape sodas and then I got Mr. Belvedere's secret supply of what, what were they? Whoopie pies? Something like that. Yeah. Something ridiculous. So he opens up the cabinet in a rain of these sandwich chocolate uh, cream uh, soft cake pie things fall yeah. out and he's like. Ah, ha, 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 ha. So uh, he takes the the giant stack of moon pies and his grape soda upstairs. <laughs> Goes upstairs to watch those no good, dirty, bad movies. Um, masturbating <laughs> in the mound of um, whoopie pies, I assume, because they're covering his entire body. Yes, you can't see him. Oh, by the way, this is when we break out and we like, what the hell is this? I found this under the bed. What was it? It's the bottle. Um. Yeah, so everything was fine, and they were just going to ground uh, Wesley T. Like, all right, Wesley T., you wipe right. kid. We'll learn next time. And then they find a bottle, and they're like, Wesley? And he's like, fuck, did I not mention that bottle? Did I not, did I not, did I not mention my drunken bender also? So he's Shit. like, all right, so here's what happened. I was up there. I was I was watching the dirty movies. I w- oh, by the way, we have a moment where Wesley talks to the camera. It's super disturbing. When he breaks the fourth wall, I'm terrified for my own Like, what life. is happening? Is that like, I almost, style? Yeah. Like... Terrifying. Like, I'm bracing for it. I'm like, oh, fuck, he's coming out of the television. Ah. Oh, fuck, he's a god, just like Zach. Is she buying this? Yeah, that was awesome when she said that. Or he said that. And so he goes up there, and he's he, yeah, he's, he's, he's having a party. And all of a sudden, there's a knock at the window. Who's that? Booze of the Month Club. <laughs> Bo- this is my favorite Yeah. Because it's amazing. Uh, From the mind of a child. Yeah, like some guy, like a good humor man, <laughs> pops up at the window. Was he, he takes a while, he's like, oh, this is for the Huffnagels. No, this is delivered here. Bye. <laughs> but wait. Huh. Well, that was weird. Nah. But what is this? So he takes it, he opens it up, and he smells it. He's like, oh, this is gross. And then he spills it on the pillow. He recoils so much that it spills out over the top. And he's like, no. Alcohol smell all over the sheets. Got to get rid of it. Best thing to do is bleach. Fucked it up. Hide it in the closet. Forget about the alcohol. You got me, mom and dad. So- <laughs> So now they're freaked out. They're like, I can't believe our son was drinking. He's drinking at 11 and a half. He's your son, George. This was one thing when Kevin did it, and we kind of let him keep doing it. It's all he wanted, and it was really a bad <laughs> scene. But Wesley T's fucking building nuclear reactors in the fucking house. We can't let him start drinking. Oh, also, he's 11. This is going to look really bad on us. <laughs> Over there. Where the fuck were you? You exactly. talked to the goddamn opera, which George loved, by the way. Yes. George was so in the opera, uh, uh, that Belvedere says, we're not going to the opera again. You embarrassed me, George. George's like, what do you mean? What did he do again, Brad? He got so, he got so excited. So excited. So excited. Mm, that opera. <laughs> so that opera guy, I'm so excited that he just stood up and... What was the phrasing? There was something... There's a scene where someone... It was like, come, woman, and, come, and, come and get me, girl, or something? Something like either... No, I think it was like, get him, girl, or something like that. What the scenario of what was happening in the opera was someone was about to like either invade an army for or attack someone or something. Someone was about to do something with soldiers and attack a, f- a force. And it was a woman who was leading it, a charge of some sort. It's, it was, it's Tosca. Yeah. So um, George stood up to like cheer her on, but it sounded very much like I, it might have been like, blow me or something like that. <laughs> Blow me. You guys even here when George went to the opera and screamed at the woman, Blow me! I mean, that's what it inferred. That's what George was talking about. Everything he says is sexualized in a weird way. Mm, this opera! Blow me! <laughs> mm. 
Opera. I got your spear right here, girl. Ah, oh, George, quit, quit saying things out loud. You're Get up on this spear. Get on this spear. It's not as embarrassing as your fucking magician tricks, Belvedere. Going to the opera with the Owens is just strange. Definitely. <laughs> I would give anything if it was blow me, but it's, I know it's not, uh, obviously. Yeah. That's... But you didn't have to stand up and yell, do it to me, mama. Do it to me, mama. Brad and I just... Do a little step back. We, che- we, checked, we checked the footage. Yeah. First of all, Wesley was eating Mr. Belvedere's scooter pies. Apparently in Pittsburgh, they call whoopie pies scooter pies. Regional differences. Regional differences. I don't know about whoopie pies. I've you never heard of that? No. Yeah, th- that's a thing. I know. It's, it's a scooter pie. Give it to me, mama. Give it to me, mama. Blow me. I, I had it close enough. Yeah. Give it to me, mama. What? what? <laughs> Why? What's going on, George? Marsha's hand was went immediately uh, up to her face like, oh, no. Yeah. Not old George again. <laughs> exactly. He oh, also gosh. probably said it in the old, like, because he's old, so he just assumes that he's whispering everything, but it's just super loud. Yeah. yeah. Give it to me, mama. Give it to me, mama. Um, can we stop letting, like, I mean, can we stop letting George masturbate at the opera? Please. This has just turned into a straight-up holi- Star Wars holiday special moment. <laughs> just, um, it's just like Chewbacca's fucking dad. It's just like... George and Chewbacca's dad, one and the same. You give Wookiees holographic, all-encompassing, you know, virtual reality, and the first I thing you do is masturbate. fantasy. Oh, mama. Some Wookiees can talk. Do it to me, mama. Do it to me, mama. I can't even do it. I sound more like Merman. Uh. Merman, what are you doing? Why do you have that look on your face, Merman? (laughs) Do it to me, mama. What? No! This is the opera. Be civilized. Are you masturbating at the opera again, Merman? <laughs> How does he even get in there? There's no water. Can he stand on land for prolonged periods of time? Of course. You never yell at Beast Man when he masturbates at the opera. He's a Beast Man. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's forgiven. His main offense is humping people's legs. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I really like the opera. Clearly. <laughs> So yeah, it was a weird crew at the opera. Definitely. But when Merman and George looked over at each other, it was like, you two? <laughs> a mutual jail happening. Definitely. Meanwhile, Marsha was fighting off Beastman who was humping her leg. Ben but Belvedere. that's what he does. <laughs> Belvedere was trading tricks with Skeletor. <laughs> Can you do this one? What? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so it's it was a very interesting episode of Belvedere. Very interesting. All that to say... Your child's drinking, George and Marsha, as far as you know. There's a weird good humor man walking around the neighborhood. <laughs> it's a drink of the month club giving minors alcohol. I love the drink, the, the booze of the month yeah. guy. Just the way he pops up, hey, booze of the month guy. George and Marsha aren't buying it, obviously. Obviously. They're like, yeah, whatever, you're grounded, big time. He's really biting the bullet here for Kevin. Wesley T., isn't really told to do any chores, but he starts doing them on his own. Yeah, he's like, I've never been punished for something I didn't do before. I'm kind of enjoying it. 
I'm kind of just making, I'm spending this time to really renovate the house as I should. But really what he's doing, he's really just putting a giant, like, crazy guilt trip on Kevin. Yeah. Which is interesting. Like, just see, like, the, the three-dimensional chess Wesley T's playing here. Because he's just doing all this stuff while Kevin is, like, feeling awful as Wesley T's, like, you know, cleaning up the fireplace, raking the yard, like, refinishing the house or something. I don't know what the hell he's doing. Cleaning up the fireplace is scary because, first off, uh, what? Chimney yeah. sweeps? That's not a very... That's dangerous for your child to be doing that. Yeah. Um, singing the song 16 Tons. What do you get? Wow. Also, have we mentioned Wesley T's mullet? He has a slight mullet. He's it's got not a as pronounced as some of the 80s mullets that we'll be introduced to in uh, Perfect Strangers in a moment. True. But it is like a child's he's, he's working. Mullet. Yeah, he's definitely working on that mullet. He's working on his mullet degree. Um, meanwhile, Kevin um, and Dad are looking at new cars... Uh, there was a $300 car that was used by a, a taxidermist? No, a dead pet rem- removal service. Yeah, I'm not going to get that one. Um, but there is a Camaro that they're thinking about buying. Yes. Um, it's also weird to hear them talk about like dates of cars. Yeah. There's an 83 Camaro in that parking lot. You want to go? You want to take it for a spin? An 83 Camaro? Here's a 77 Buick. What? But the, again, this is happening in 1987. True. <laughs> But at the same time, it's just weird yeah. to hear people talk about the, the same conversations like, people have now in cars. Yeah. It's like, don't buy that, you idiot. Does it still run? Oh, wait, I, I, I get my time mixed up sometimes. <laughs> um, so, the guilt trip kind of works in the fact that Kevin starts doing some chores to help mm. out Wesley T. Right. Who's doing the chores for no reason. Yeah. But meanwhile, George and Marsh are like freaking out. They're like, should we, should we get him in counseling? What should we do? We gotta stop our son's drinking problem. He's 11 years old. Then, they find an earring in their room. I think this is one of the weirder parts of the episode, even though it's about to get weirder. Yes. And the fact that Marcia says, wait, there are George, or whoever says, wait, this, I found this earring, is this one of yours? And Heather's like, no, I wouldn't wear something gaudy like that. And of course, because Kevin, I mean, Wesley T is so involved in playing the fall guy, he's like, I was wondering where I put that. Grabs it from mom and then puts it into his ear? Yeah. So, does Wesley T have pierced ears? I'm gonna guess no. But that either means it's a clip-on, so he took a risk of it not, or dude straight up pierced his ears while walking from the yeah. couch into the uh, Like into the it kitchen. ain't even a fucking yeah. thing. Yeah, can't even feel pain like that. He's just like, he is so... Uh, He's pure psychopath. Yeah. He does not feel pain. Oh, I wonder what that was. It's right in his ear. Ugh. Didn't even flinch. Yeah. And it's a big, like, heavy-looking earring, yeah. too. Like... Even if his ears were pierced, he's a tiny child, that's a giant ear. Yeah, and everyone knows you start with the stud. You start with the stud, eat the hole going, and he just straight up put that dangling thing Creepy. It's pretty creeps. But everyone else is creeped out for completely different reasons. Because this is, because he he takes credit for it, oh yeah, that's mine. Um, Takes credit for it, and then, now for the rest of the episode, George is crazily homophobic. Oh, well, he's always crazily homophobic. Yeah, but now it's, like, really palpable. He's like, oh, my son's a cross-dresser? Well, now everyone else can see it, too, because even if um, they take the earring out, there's still a hole that people can see, and they're like, why does that boy have his earring, his ears pierced? And George is so freaked out by this. He's it is really out. disturbing. Everyone's going to know now. Oh. And he's like, so, it's, oh, so he's okay with his son, like, with the, with the drinking, but, oh, his son's a cross-dresser? Oh. That's a whole other problem. That's wow. a level. That's something he hasn't been able to. He can't. He can't deal. So, so this is going on. Belvedere's kind of figured out there's something clearly going on. He knows that Kevin's involved somehow. So he's like, "All right, I'm going to talk to Wesley T and see what happens." Wesley, I think I figured out what happened. 
So everyone leaves. Wesley turns away, does his laugh. And he's like, and now I'll finally get to, to do what I've been waiting to do. Set up a casino in the house. He wastes no time when they leave for him immediately to like hit a switch next to the uh, the door and everything flips over or it's, something. It's a, it's a full, because, it's a straight up Robin yeah. and the Seven Hoods. Yeah. Um, he's the, in his nice little suit. Yes. Rivaling Kevin's. Definitely. His hair's like teased up in like an 80s yeah. uh, yuppie power tease. I'm not sure how else to describe that. Terror. Terror. Um, all of a sudden, like, there's all these people, like, just in a casino in the house. Um, including her, Brad. Including her. Um, Belvedere does his best to kind of set up almost a noir kind of ish yes. thing. Kevin's date is like, a, is like a dancing girl. Yeah. Um, now. I, yes. And she's already lost again at roulette. She's 15,000 in the hole. Yeah. She's 15,000 in the hole. Because, of course, uh, Wesley T rolls over and is like, what's the matter? Um, hey... Roulette wheel, dude. What's the story? It's something about her. He just can't. He's like something about her. Something about you. Let's go up to the suite. I got. Well, no. I think he he, he gives her easier gives her the money, and then he goes up. He's like, oh, I gotta get out of here for a bit. So he goes up to his to, to the to his parents' room to the suite yeah. to his parents' room. So I just gotta relax for a second. And she's there waiting on the bed. How'd you get in here? I took the ladder that the booze of the month guy left. She actually said that. Like yes. that's actually he he came, he comes back in this retelling. Belvedere loved it so much he kept it in his story. Amazing. And he's like, "Bro, don't get messed up with me. Get out of here. I don't have time for this." He's like, "Please, I, I just need some money to get out of here. I, my husband's a Pittsburgh pirate, and he's jealous. I gotta get away from him." Door gets kicked open. Who is it? It's Belvedere dressed as a pirate with a parrot on his shoulder. Full on pirate. Regalia. I mean, he's like, he's a pirate. Yes. Arg. Wesley T. again breaking the fourth wall. Wait, how come you're in this? It's my story. I'll do that as I please. And I'm a pirate this time. Arg. Bonkers. Mm-hmm. Straight up bonkers. I'm not really 100% sure how the alcohol gets spilled on a pillow. Because isn't there like a weird chase thing that involves? Yeah, and then, then like, the pillow booze gets spilled on the pillow again. But it was also, no, I think the booze gets spilled on her. Because I remember at the end of the dream sequence, she picking, her picking up the pillow and then, like, pressing it against her chest, which was weird. Yes. And it's like, wait, did it spill on her and she just wiped it on the pillow? Yeah. Or did it spill on the pillow and she's trying to get the fragrance of alcohol on her chest? It's bizarre. It is bizarre. Oh, and, of course, when she's like, yep, Bella, you got me. That's exactly what happened. It's weird, I know. I mean, is it really that far-fetched? Okay, just to get us back in there. Right. Is it that far-fetched? Because he did turn the entire uh, yeah, house seriously. into, like, There's, it's, a lawnmower racket, listen, right? Or, like, a... Listen, as we discussed before, uh, greatest movie ever made, Inception. Most brilliant, deepest movie ever made. Yeah. This this show is a lot like Inception now. I don't know where the fantasy stops and where Mr. Belvedere oh, starts. But you're not the only one who can't decide that. Um, By the way, at the, at the casino... Um, there's a sign, Rob, Bob Goulet performing in the kitchen. Yes! Amazing. We don't see him, but we do get that little shout-out to Bob Goulet. Um, Next day... They've agreed on a history or story, but go yes. ahead. Yes. Next day, uh, Kevin's like, hey, where's everybody at? Well, Kevin, they've gone to get your new car. He's super excited, but it's a secret. Don't tell. Knock, knock. Ring, ring. Oh, who's at the door? Oh, hey. Oh, it's the girl from the other night. Yes. Hey, I think I left my earring here. And of course, um, Kevin's all like, "No, no, no, my secrets." Oh, also, I hope that didn't stay in that pillow. You have to shut the get, get back on the bus. <laughs> I thought you were dead by now. 
Later. So she leaves. He shuts the door, and everyone heard it. Yes. Belvedere was there. Wesley T was there. And Kevin's <sighs> like, fuck. Belvedere knows now. Belvedere <sighs> already kind of knew. So the parents pop in at that point. Yes, they got the they got the car. Got your Camaro, kid. Let's go out. To it's a uh, it's a uh, cherry. It, there's just something uh, cherry red and <laughs> on the street for you. I don't think that's the only thing that's going to be cherry red on the street in a minute. So they're going to spank him. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, what? You're 18 <laughs> years old. Kevin does say that to his dad. That ain't the only thing that's going to be cherry red. So they're going to they're going to spank you. No, he's he's is he still eighteen or is he nineteen now? Jeez. He's a grown ass man. He he's is an grown. adult. Yeah, he's a person you can't spank. He does live under their roof. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard adults say to their kids that are adults. That is the weird. You're under my roof. Yeah, but legally I'm an adult. So yeah. I mean, if you fucking try to spank up, me, I'm gonna call the police. Are you can't assault you. me. You can't do that. I'm gonna punch Just you stop. back in the face. What are you talking about? <laughs> Kevin is forced to tell them the whole thing, and they're like, "Thank you, Wesley T. We're kind of sorry." Um, but you're still in trouble because I can't believe you would lie to us and make us think that you were an alcoholic. Hey, George and Marsha, we're, you're the worst parents. Really? You're mad at your kid for telling you the truth? Um, like, you're, you're, this is why they lie to you. You punish them for telling the truth. Kevin gets grounded and he doesn't get his new car. In fact, Heather is entrusted with it until they can think of a proper punishment for Kevin, I think. I think he's like, yeah, he's like grounded from his car, but Heather gets to use it. Um, Heather's never driven stick. She yells this as she's running out the door, elated that she is like, yes, I can't. And we've seen Heather driving before. It did mm. not go well. Mm-mm. What are they thinking? Kevin and Wesley T kind of, like, come to a brotherly agreement. Like, hey, you know, that sucked. Yeah, it did. Whatever. Uh, skirt, skirt. Crash. And then Mr. Elder's like, well, I don't think you're going to be the only ones that are going to be grounded. What is she grounded for? She grounded because she crashed a car. She drove a... She's a car. She can't drive the car. She doesn't know how to drive the car. Why did they let her have the car? You, do you what ground is? someone... Do you crown someone because they had a car accident? I guess, dude. I don't know. How? Why? She She's, crashed the new car. Well, they sh- open don't, the front give, door. don't give her the new car. They open the front door and the hubcap rolls in, so it's a pretty yeah. serious wreck. I mean, I, I, she was doing something reckless, but it seems like she's just a shitty driver, which they already knew. I don't know, knew. man. I don't know, because the sounds that it makes, if she's just in the driveway, like, it almost sounds like she peeled out, which, if you don't know how to drive a stick, is almost impossible it, to do. What it sounds like is, is comedy car crash sounds. Well, it does, but I, if you're trying to think about it logically of how that would actually sound, the sounds they're making is her drifting and hitting something, and something metallic? Yeah. It's weird. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. No. I, I just don't like the idea. Like these are the worst parents. Like they they ground their kids for for getting in car accidents because they aren't competent drivers. Maybe send them to driver school. Maybe say, hey, don't drive the stick that you don't know how to drive. Um, stick with the automatic. Don't give like a kid's car away to his sister that can't drive. How about that? He's already put money in the car. He's paid money. He, he owns h- half of the car. Like, there's a lot of issues here. Don't ground your kid for telling the truth. Just let's. Uh... Owen's family, you're the worst parents. Worst parents. Seriously. But that's where the episode kind of ends until we get, like, the, the, the afterward with Belvedere. Yes. This time, the room's lights aren't all on. Right. He has just the lamp, which is interesting. Like, mm-hmm. this has only happened a few times before. Like, they're really using the lamp light yeah. as opposed to more. Um, He's like, oh, it's so quiet since all the kids are grounded. Um, he can be louder, but whatever. Um, and then we, like, realize that there's, like, the girl... From, it's like it's it's hard to tell what's real and not real anymore. Basically, with all these stories being told or yeah. something, that's basically what he's writing in his journal. And then it pans up, and she's on the bed. But it's her from like the the from casino, his, the yeah. casino fantasy. And he's like, what does he say? Something like, either way, I win or something like no, that. 
<laughs> I win. What the hell is happening? I there's a. It doesn't matter what's real and not real. Either way, I'm in luck because I'm having some crazy drug trip where I see Casino Girl in my bed. Then he turns the light off. Page black. What? I love this Bell episode. It's, I love Bell like, What kind of what inception is happening? It's only gonna get weirder. I mean, really, I think we can see where the original premise for Inception came from. And Belvedere. I mean, it's it made it, it might have great. Been as we all agree, it's clearly the deepest, oh, yeah. most intelligent movie ever made. But based on an even more <laughs> deep and intelligent episode of Belvedere. Apparently borrows a lot of plot from a DuckTales uh, comic book and an episode of Belvedere. Yeah. I love this episode of Belvedere. I cannot wait to watch the next one. I love that it's getting kooky. I love that yes. now there is actually a, a, a window-to-window uh, drink of the month club dude running around. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that there's a casino. It's Yes. It's, I love Pirate Belvedere. Yes. If there was an action figure toy line that Hasbro oh. or someone should have... It was Belvedere action figures and it's which Belvedere do you want? Do you want Wicked Stepmother Belvedere? Do you want Pirate Belvedere? Do you want Belvedere on the beach? How do you want your Belvedere? Oh Buy them. Like, I've, nev- I've never wanted a, uh, a 3D printer more than right now. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> do we make a Pirate Belvedere action figure? I'd make the whole family. Sell them. You too can own the entire uh, figurine set of Belvedere. Mm. Fourth season we're on? Yes. Fourth season, Pirate Belvedere. Fourth season, Pirate Belvedere. Amazing. I will even have a little sign of a goulet. Yes. That's the accessory that comes with him. I like it. It's Casino Belvedere. <laughs> Casino Pirate Belvedere. Wesley T in the little suit with his hair up. Yes. Um, yeah, the sign of goulet, mm-hmm. Pirate Belvedere, and then the girl. I like it. I like it. Uh, but that's Belvedere, guys. Who won and who lost? Who won and who lost? Who lost? That should be easy. Um, is it Kevin or Wesley T? Because it's one of the two, surely. I think Wesley T's always getting power played. I, Wesley T, I think Wesley this T was the pu- one. got punished, and then he got punished again after he told the truth. Why did he take the fall guy? He should have just told him the he truth. Took the, he took the fall because Kevin said he could drive the car. Because apparently yeah. anybody can, is allowed to drive this fucking car. I, I think Wesley T was aware of the long con that he could play on it. And like, okay, my brother's this dumb, then let's just see how this can go. Yeah, He wasn't expecting that he would get punished after he came clean. Yeah, that's, that's the thing that's a little too I think Wesley T was like, oh, man, they're going to feel so bad about punishing me that I'll get like an ice cream sundae and a puppy. He miscalculated. Definitely. Uh, George and Marsha are wild cards on those on those fronts. <laughs> when it comes to parenting, George and Marsha are wild we cards. We can say Wesley lost. Wesley lost. It was a close race. Now, who won? Hmm. Heather was relatively unscathed. She went to a movie. She did get grounded for crashing a car. She was in a car accident and was punished for it. <laughs> I don't know if Belvedere could win because he kind of goes crazy at the end. And he gets embarrassed by George. I think George may have won. George won. <laughs> he masturbated at an opera. Come get me, mama. Come at me, mama. Ugh. Yeah. George won. Yeah. I don't want to say that out loud. I won. He won. He won. He, Someone he got may or may not be named George yeah. won. Yeah, that happened. Jeez. Best dressed, worst dressed. Best dressed. Um, Kevin. I would say Kevin in the suit. Mm-hmm. Worst dressed. Oh, that's a tough. Or maybe one. the other girl at the casino, the one that wasn't the the date. Mm, that true. girl's pretty foxy. Quite true. Uh, maybe that girl when she came in, um, in reality with the weird boots. Oh, the boots were definitely yeah. strange. They were white, kind of short boots, but yeah. so floppy-ish. They were like bootish heels, like it was strange. And she had on denim and then like the weird shirt. The weird shirt and the denim was alright for the 80s, but those shoes... Girl, what are you doing? The high jeans... Definitely don't match her... Her shoes don't match her belt either, which is a big mm-hmm. no-no. I fucking said no-no. Oh! 
I can't Twice. say it again. <laughs> One more time. I can't say it again. <laughs> One more time. Someone said that at camp, which was one of the weirdest <laughs> things. I had no idea. I was like, do people say that? Where is this coming from? Do people say what? I don't remember what it was. I, I can't say <laughs> it out loud. Um, yeah. That's Belvedere. She is worse dressed, definitely. I that was Belvedere. I can't wait for the next episode. I have no idea what it's called, but it should be really fun. I'll tell you another show that would be really fun. Hmm. What was the one that we heard about that was coming on after Belvedere? Oh my gosh, I think what you're referring to is, because uh, again, yeah guys, we're all watching these same ones from YouTube now, yeah. um, it's, they were, it's, we're talking about uh, um, next week on uh, I Married Dora. Can you give them the premise, Brad? Because this is one of them, I really, really want to see the rest of this show, or any episode. Yeah. Tell us about it. So yeah, it ran for two seasons. It's called I Married Dora. Sitcom about a white-collar professional who marries the Hispanic housekeeper so she will not be deported. They had to do everything to keep everyone from believing the truth. <laughs> IMDb, best summary ever. Yeah. Like, they had to do everything to keep yes. knowing the truth. What, what? And Please, then, as I... And as I was looking at this, I looked down to the trivia. The series is remembered for its concluding scene in the final episode. In that scene, the characters are in an airport when one of them suddenly notes that their series is canceled. The camera immediately pulls back to reveal the stage and studio audience, and the cast takes a bow. Amazing. Indeed. We, uh, we found that on YouTube, and it is yes. quite the ending. It's great. And they're just like, oh... Crane pulls out. What's, Bye, adios. What's wrong? Is the flight canceled? No, our show is. <laughs> oh, adios. Everyone's cheering like, yeah. Like every show should end like that. I think. Serious. So I want, awesome. I, why isn't that out? I want to see that. Put that on Netflix. Please. <sighs> Netflix, please. But we have other shows. We have other shows. We to get do, to. I mean, guys. We all love I Married Dora. Maybe someday we'll get to it. Um, but right now. It's time to go to Chicago and check in with our pals, Perfect Strangers. Sometimes the world looks perfect. Nothing Alex, you're going to have the awesome glory of summarizing a little episode called First Date. First Date. Can you give me a moment to think? Absolutely. Take all the time you need. All right. I think I can do this. Can I do it under a minute? Almost... Certainly not, but we'll see if I can. All right. You'll be going in three, two, one, go. Mr. Karosi is leaving the store and taking the money to go bet on the horses. He's leaving Balky and Larry in charge. Balky can't help but throw himself at the feet of every woman he sees that he finds attractive and rub his heart on their shoes. Balky needs a lesson in love, and Larry's going to give it to him. So they go to a singles bar, because that's a thing that's actually called in the 80s, and try to pick up women. Larry doesn't know a goddamn thing about any <laughs> women. He's super nervous. He may have anxiety. Balky's a natural. He picks up this beautiful blonde in a, a blue shirt that's really into him. Turns out they're going to set up a double date for later in the week. Larry's like, I can't do this, because Balky wants to go on the date with him. And he's like, I can't do this. Their hot neighbor says, Larry, I'll do it with you. And Balky's like, sure. So they go out. Larry is a fucking wreck. Uh, Balky does some improv, which is pretty neat. Like, literally, the actor does it on stage and they both kind of learn something because Balky initiates the dance of happiness or dance of joy from Meepos and Larry is forced to interact socially out in the world and everyone has a really good time so for Larry he has to drink some milk and magnesia but Balky says we learned something this time and that's that if we're ourselves women like us and we like us and Larry's like fuck yeah high five that's uh, perfect strangers one minute three shit eight seconds god damn it which means you went over, so clearly... 
Brad, congratulations on your victory yet again. Thank you. Three fucking seconds? Almost yeah. four seconds. Almost four seconds? I should have saved some stuff off. There were some things I was like, don't add it, don't fucking add it. It's yeah. coming out of your mouth, yeah. don't say it. Well, can I say another fun game for me is to, is, is to decide when I'm going to look at the clock? Because I'm like, how much am I giving away if I look at the clock? True. If I keep looking at the clock more, is Alex going to get oh, speed up? Also... Something that I think is interesting is that you always also keep your own time so you can yes. look at it and see, and I don't because I think it's more of a challenge if I'm not seeing it. Like, right. if I saw it, then I can easily be like, oh, 50 seconds, duh. Um, but I think it's more fun for me anyway if I don't know what time it is. So if I, I get it under a minute, it's fine. I think you can make it even harder because you feel like you feel cocky because you're like, I've got all the time in the world. I say next time, let's both do it or we both don't know. see the time. Ooh. I think that's Ooh. more accurate because that's also puts on a, a level playing field. Um, Whatever. Um, I mean, that doesn't matter. It's just it doesn't game. matter. Um, not to say that you've never looked at the clock while doing yours. Oh, uh, but not recently. Like okay. in a lot of. Well, I don't think in the last more than the last few episodes right. I haven't. All right. All right. Um, but we should definitely start doing it that way because it'd be fun. <laughs> we can give it a shot. Um, but Perfect Strangers is awesome. Yes. So Susan comes into the store, and of course Balky is still in love with her, and he's like, he's not in love with her. He's, he's lusting a- after her because she's a beautiful woman, and she's as usual amused, flattered by everything he says, right? In her in her weird skinny tie thing her she wears. Odd- tie thing that's also really short that she wears with like her odd kind of dress her, her dress weird, dress her, her weird like that. she wears like this shades of, why does she wear shades of gray <laughs> like, I dude I don't know she is like she is bland I mean um, I enjoy her but they why do they make her cute. so bland yeah Balky rubs his chest on her feet something about his let me shine your shoes, shoes with, with my, my heart. heart yeah and she's of course laughing like oh this is you know oh my god this your your friend is too much Larry and Larry's like well he's something well I gotta go because this is weird. Falky, let's have a talk about ladies. He's like, what? You don't go treat every lady like that. She's the only woman I know. We gotta get you laid. I mean, we gotta find. We yeah. gotta find you a lady. Cousin Larry, you have to help me meet the women. It's America, right? I want to go on my first American date. It's different, right? And Meatballs, it's a little weird. <laughs> Did I tell you that sheep joke? You've said so many fucking jokes, Balky. Copacetti rolls in. I'm out, guys. I'm gonna take a grip of money from the fucking register. I'm gonna go bet on some horses. Cobasetti, where would you go to? Like, Twink Twinkasetti. Twinkasetti. I'm combining Karosi and his <laughs> name. Um, Cobasetti. Um, how do you meet women? And he's like, well, you just go up to a woman and say, $50, not a penny more. And Larry's like, ah, Bucky's not looking for that kind of girl. Oh, well, bite my tongue. <laughs> well, bite my tongue. I guess I won't play St. Francis in the school play. <laughs> and he's out. Uh, thank you. Ernie Savella, everybody. Ernie Savella, earning that paycheck. Um, <laughs> By my tongue. I guess I won't play St. Francis in the school play. Awesome. So, Baki continues, how am I going to meet girls? What do I do? And Larry says, it's easy. Just go up and talk to them. Say, hey, what's your name? I'm so-and-so. Let's chat. What are you doing later? I mean, it's that easy. I mean, it's yeah. that fucking easy. And they notice a, a pretty attractive woman already in the store. Super foxy. Maybe blind. Uh, can't see f- <laughs> six feet in front of her. Um, but she's like, hey, can I get some help over here? And uh, Larry looks about and he's like, take it away. Just go at it. So he goes over there and he's like, hey, what's up? And she's like, do you have any sweaters or sweatshirts? Oh, yeah, they're on this table um, right beside you. Yeah, why don't you just like look slightly, use your peripheral vision and slightly take a step. Oh, is that what those are? <laughs> in a defense, those didn't look like sweatshirts. No, they, I think they, they were, were polo shirts. Weird. Yeah. So she's like, oh, no, thank you. Um, does, is this where he says, no, later, he says so many ridiculous things that it's hard to, like, keep them in track, but he says something that's very creepy. He's so creepy. He's like, 
He's like, um, well, first of all, he's talking in like his weird bounty Yoda talk. Yeah. Everything is, is at the end of the sentence. Yes. He compliments her on her beauty, but in a very stalker way. Oh, he's so, he's such a stalker. He's like the creepiest creep. You have perfect bone structure for having babies. Larry flips out. Yes. He's like, what? And she, she's kind of like, ha, and she quickly walks across the store to where Baki follows her, uh, staring at her ass. Yes. And says, what's your name? It must be Levi Strauss. Well, hello, Levi. How are you? I can see because it's written on your jeans. Like, creepy. Super creepy. And it's not, it, Larry doesn't do anyone else any favors by leering at a distance either. Like, this yes. woman is really creeped out. As she should be. She's like, oh... All right. Oh, he's... And Baki just continues yeah, to just he play keeps it, it on. And then finally, at the very end, like, Larry comes in, he's like, sorry, you have to excuse me. He's from a foreign country. Yeah, that's not... That's not that's helping. That's not an excuse. Yeah, he's still, like, a creepo. Still creepy. It's scary. So, uh, I'm just gonna get out of here. And she runs out of the she store. She runs out of the store. As she should. So they've decided... Larry's like, look, Balky, I will help you out. We're gonna take you to a singles bar. And we're going to see if you can uh, hook up with someone there. Let's see if you can find romance. Um, I love calling a bar a singles bar. Yeah. Do those things exist now? Or was there really just a bar for single people I think in the singles 80s? bar was a thing in the 80s that we just don't have now. Okay, so instead of like blind dating or like a, a, a meetup thing, that was just a place that, that's a called a singles bar. bar. So there's regular bars and there's singles bars. What would you What would you name a singles bar if you had to open one right now? <sighs> like, is that something that could I would, success I would, in 2013? I would name it OkCupid. Okay <laughs> No, but I... Uh, okay. I would name it online dating. Online... Well, that's what it is now. That's what I would name it. But surely you could make money off of that. Like, if a bar just said, instead of it... Because in Cincinnati, there's one called, like, the Dueling Piano Bar. It's like, whatever, your gimmick. Mint. Whatever. What if they just said, um, singles bar? Singles. Singles? Mingling singles? Mingles? I don't know. <laughs> mingles. Ugh. Come down to mingles. All the single people go there. It's the single person's mingles bar. Mingles the grossest. Singles bar in welcome, Cincinnati. Welcome to mingles. <laughs> hey, welcome to mingles. How many? Ugh. You have to walk in. Every time you walk in, you get a name tag so everyone knows who their name is. Which would negate a lot of Larry's opening line talk. Mm. Larry's pretty much... Who's the guy who does all that, like... Nagging and or nagging, what is it yeah, called? Yeah. What's do you remember his name? Uh, I don't know. Like that weird that uh, the game nonsense. Yeah, the game dude. Larry well, kind of lays that on Balky. So they go to the singles bar. Right. Larry does not want to go. Larry's is, completely. He's like Balky, go. That's not my kind of place. I like things that are more formal. I'd like to meet a woman at a wedding. At a wedding or at an, uh, a tax audit. Yeah, a typical it's, place you would meet someone. Uh, what's great about this episode is finally, this is the episode where we finally start seeing Larry completely come, become unhinged. Yeah. And we realize that he is just a ball of nervous anxiety. Up until this point, it's been a pretty even keel show with just like, oh, look at adorable Balky. But now we also have the added element of Larry being completely fucking insane. So they roll into the singles bar. Um, dress for success. <laughs> yes. Um, Larry is rocking a sweater a shirt combo that are the exact same shade of green. Like, where does the sweater s- stop and the shirt begin? Brad and I had a conversation just from Balky's blazer alone. Amazing. Which Brad really liked, and up to that point I was thinking, what the fuck is up with the 80s? It's a nice blazer, but it's something that only someone in the 80s would wear or you could buy. And then I imagined walking through a shopping mall and it's prime in the 80s and mm-hmm. seeing the most crazy fashions. Yeah. Just like off the wall Anything colors goes. and patterns. Anything, Anything goes. goes. Doesn't matter. Whatever you want. 
If you've got the boldness to like handle it, go for it. That's what the 80s were about, boldness. Except with the hair. Dude's hair is like pretty whack. People need to come correct. Larry, watch that thing. Comb it out. Figure figure your shit out. Figure it out, dude. You have a bird's nest of terror on your skull. Um, but so do most of the ladies in true. Uh, Perfect Strangers. Very true. We haven't even gotten, uh, well, okay, I won't even address that until they come up in the show, but let's just say um, other people come in with crazy hair later. Yes. So they're at the singles bar. Um, Balky kind of embarrasses Larry for some reason. I Larry keeps thinking everyone at the place is looking at him. Um, they kind of do for a second, but yeah. whatever. And then we realize Larry's kind of paranoid and kind of like yeah. odd anxiety. So he starts talking about, so what you need to do to pick up a lady is look around the room and look at someone that you like and just wait for to make eye contact because it's all about eye contact. All about eye contact. Uh, make eye contact and smile. And if she smiles back, that's your end. And you go over and you start chatting. Then you give her your opening line. Give her your opening line. Because you got to have an opening line. Now that can be, hey, what's your name? Or come here often? Or um, what are we doing after that? It can be anything. Whatever. What what was the one about being the president in the Oval Office? Yeah, like, hey, did we have we met in the Oval Office? Something cute like that. Get her attention. Get her laughing. And then you talk. So, uh, first, first, uh, Balky notices there's a girl that's checking Larry out. Um, but Larry is, of course, he's, he's, he's not gonna do oh, about it. He's, he's, he's scared. He's embarrassed. Uh, his face turns, like, five shades of red. He's like, what? Someone's looking at making eyes at me? Balky, don't look. Is she cute? Oh, my God, she is looking at me. So, Balky, he makes eyes at this woman. Ah. She this smiles. Blue, I, blue outfit. She smiles, and Maki's like, "That's the one, Larry. I'll go to give her my line now." So he goes over. He talks to her. He's like, "Have you, you come here often?" She's like, "No, I've never. This is weird for me." Blah blah blah. They start talking. They're having a good time. He's then Balky immediately is about to like go down on his knees and start groveling and. Well, he says to... something to her that's crazy, like something like, "Can you cover me with your American body?" <laughs> it's like what. <laughs> Um, smother me in your smother American, me in body, your American, your American body. body. And then he starts to go down to, to, to grovel. And of course, Larry runs over, freaks out. Ah. Um, she, by the way, fucking loves it. She's yeah. like, oh my god, of course. I mean, wait, where do you go? Like, why Larry breaks this up? Oh, Larry. It's Larry. So, um, uh, Balky encourages Larry to go across and talk to the girl who's making eyes at him. So right. he does. He makes the creepy By the way, meanwhile, in the background, we see that, like, uh, Balky's girl has, like, come over and is, like, kind of just, oh, like, yeah, been, yeah. like, Flitting around behind them, waiting for Larry to get the fuck out of the way. Larry stands up and goes. Baki looks at her, and of course, she sits down. Yep, there yep. she is. Yep, there she is. Um, but so Larry's going to go over talking to this girl. As Larry's going over, um, we see him pass by a table that has a football player guy on it, who we've seen sitting at the table yeah. the whole scene. Chat with his bros. This girl's uh, alone by herself across the table. Larry goes up and is like, hey... But he doesn't even get to say hi. He sits down on the bar stool, looks in her general direction, and he, football player guy just like, "What are you doing talking to my girlfriend?" When he approaches her, he does everything he can to be as creepy and weird as possible. Like he rolls so, up, not looking. He turns around and approaches her with his back to her. Yeah. And then kind of spins around as he sits down on the chair. And before he can say a goddamn word, football player dude who's been watching this the whole time, yeah. basically, that's my girlfriend. He's being escorted out, and Larry is freaking the fuck out. He's like, Balky, Balky's gonna kill me, Balky, what are you? Balky is having a grand time. Did uh, I tell you I'm from Meepos? You're so pretty. Um, so we go back to the apartment. Let's, yeah. Balky, uh, Larry is sitting on the couch with with an ice pack to his head. It is Jamie's ice Um, Just like, oh, this, oh, no, what's happening? Balky rolls in singing a really old song. <laughs> Yes. What is it like? He's singing, young um, girl, um, young girl, get out of my, my mind. Young girl, get out of my mind. 
get out of my mind. We didn't recognize it at first. We had no, to, like, we had to go I just assumed it was some weird 80s song, but I... Yeah. And Larry's like, how can you be so happy? Because Larry got the second date. She's great. We're going on a double date. You're coming with us. And Larry's like, after tonight? No way. Not a chance. Not going to happen. I almost got killed by that football player. And plus, I don't... Look, I... I'm all talk, Balky. I I'm just not. I, that, it's not my scene. I don't like dating like this. It's it's weird, and I get all flustered and frustrated, and I just can't. But you go. You'll have a good time. So um, next day, Balky's getting ready for his date. He's still trying to tell Larry to come. Larry's like, nope, not gonna happen. Susan Larry rolls gets in. Snappy though, because like he's helping with his tie, and Balky like tries to help, and Larry's like, nope. Like slashes a little hand. Yes. Like no, Balky, don't do that. Balky, what the Balky, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and then it's this is like this is panicked like easily angered Larry mm-hmm. zero to sixty in no time. Yikes! So Susan's name with the neighbor, right? Yeah. Uh, Balky goes, but Susan rolls in, knocks on the door, and just opens it. Yeah. Um. Hey guys, what's up? Balky's getting ready for his date. Really? How's it gonna go? It's like it's gonna be great. I can't wait. I can go to the bathroom really quick. So he goes, and Larry's like, it's not gonna be great, dog. He's doomed. Susan, He's doomed. He's doomed. doomed. Doesn't have a chance. He's gonna be a failure. He wants me to go with him. Can't do it. It's it's gonna be a failure. So it's like, well, just go. I'll go with you. We'll make it a double date. It'll be great. No, I can't. I mean, I know what you're doing. You're trying to get me to guilt because I'm his only like American contact. I'm his friend, his buddy, his pal, quasi relative. Eh, twice removed. And Literally, he's, 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 it's going to be the most humiliating night of his life, and I should be there to help and support I him know. and pick him back up. Look, your reverse psychology isn't going to work on me. But fine, I'll go. I'll go if you're going to go with me. That's cool. So she laughs and is like, let me go get ready. And he's like, all right. She, she says, let me go put my face on. He's like, oh, at least you get to wear a disguise. Every, the audience is laughing. Susan's laughing. Larry doesn't know a goddamn thing of what he's doing. Like no. that's kind of like a cute kind of banter, and yeah. Larry is too caught up in himself, and is like, "Oh, yeah. I don't, we're gonna be so embarrassed." He can't realize he just macked on Susan. Definitely hot, attractive. I live next door, Susan. Yeah. So they all go back out to the same singles bar. <laughs> yes, but now it's dance night, so they've kind of got tables moved around, and uh, you know, some music's playing, and they're gonna sit uh, Last Supper style. Oh yeah, but Balky TV show Last Supper style. Larry gave him some tips, and he's like, "Look, pull a chair out for a woman. Uh, make sure you open doors for women." So he pulls the chair out for her, and then she sits down. But then he sits down without pushing her up, yeah. which in my mind I thought she can push herself up. I've never, yeah, I've never like if you open like. Pull a chair out. If they sit down, maybe put your hands on it. But it's up to her to push forward. You can't physically push someone forward unless no. it's on like a really slick, like yeah. Um, What's the scenario where you push someone up to a table and not on carpet like that? Yeah, not gonna happen. That's weird. That's super weird. That's weird. But she's a little bit. She's like, oh, okay, not gonna help me push the chair up. That's cool. I, I mean, we, he doesn't push Susan's chair up. The, the only, the only thing that's weirder is this girl's fucking get up. She's like wearing some weird she, antiquated dress with the largest shoulder she pads. She is wearing some old lady clothes. It's not really shoulder pads. It's just like puffed shoulders. She but like it, it. She's she dresses like Rose on the Golden Girls. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. You remember those shoulder pads? It's the same yeah. ones you're here. It's Susan, like, by the way, is wearing something that looks almost quasi-modern. No yeah. shoulder pads, black, looking good. Yeah, this like blousy, dressy thing. It's like, what is this? Balky's got on that awesome red shirt. He's rocking that a new vest that's really cool and colorful and printed. He's got that tie on that Larry helped them with. Balky's ready for evening. How about, how, about this woman, how about this woman in the back? Well, A, with the purple dress, looks ridiculous. But there's also a woman in like a pink dress that looks like a prom dress with giant shoulder pads that's off to the side over here. Again, A. 80s was boldness always in fashion. They did whatever they wanted to and didn't give a fuck. It was tough being a woman it really dressed was. in the 80s. It really was. There's a lot of get up. I'm surprised that all Susan had to do was put her face on because 
Yeah. God, and so many mullets everywhere. And there's a, there's also a dude in the background that looks like uh, um, Greg Kinnear. Look at this. Look wow. at this. What is this? What are these fools wearing? So they start to chatting and talking and things get really awkward fast. And then Balky decides to tell a joke. The funniest joke in Meepos. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> and I love Larry comes. He's like, it's a very small country. This is three sheep herders want to find out who has the most beautiful sheep in all of Meepos. So they decided to bring each deprived animal to be judged by the other. Uh, waiter, waiter. <laughs> and so then the, uh, the first one presents his sheep, and the, the other said, This is a very beautiful animal. So big, so white, so fluffy, good guy. Waiter! <laughs> you know this one. You're so funny. So the next one presents his sheep, even more beautiful. And then the next one presents his sheep, but it's just a horrible looking animal. Skinny, dirty, wrinkled face. <laughs> and they said, this has got to be the most ugly animal in the world. And then the sheep looks up right into their faces, and the sheep says, you think I'm ugly? Well, I'm not. <laughs> That's the punchline. <laughs> Anybody for the salad bar? There is no salad bar. There's no punchline either. Oh. That didn't stop him. <laughs> My favorite part in all of this is in the middle of the joke, where the second time Larry says, check please, Balky, or the actor who plays Balky, goes into almost like improvisational, because he's like, um, he says something along the lines of, you know this joke, you're so funny. But the way he says it, it's almost like, this ain't in the script. Like, I'm it's, going off script for just a second. It's really good. I want to make this, it, it's very natural. It's like, mm. I want to see more of this. Well, this is it's called acting chops. This is acting chops. This is acting chops 101. <laughs> but the joke, of course, I, me and Brad yeah. laughed hysterically at this at first. And Brad and I have seen Perfect Strangers. Yes. Like, this part of Perfect Strangers a lot ourselves. It's so good. Always funny. So good. Great punchline. Um, even though it's not. I mean, but that's part of the it's, joke, I would yeah. guess. Yeah. And also just seeing, like, Larry's, like, frustration in this and, and like and wanting to leave immediately yeah let's get the hell out of here why is it like a we already got to the meatballs joke shit let's just get out of here before anyone notices <gasps> that i'm here and makes me embarrassed and i have to like shrivel up and die at my home why is he so easily embarrassed what's going on i really want to know what happened back home seriously what happened with those eight thousand brothers and sisters that makes him so embarrassed did styles do something to embarrass larry probably he picked on did business forever. brother do something to, to mess it up constantly being humiliated by these brothers and sisters what about that little basketball bro the bro that like oh. gives him the high like the yeah! Like the handshake leaving and that's a it. Asian dad or Asian grandpa. Asian grandpa. <laughs> so many questions that Asian grandpa wouldn't answer. You're never gonna get those answers if he shrivels up and dies here from a no. heart attack because of anxiety. No. So And then um, they, they hear a song. Oh the band starts playing. And Bobby's like, wait, this song it sounds like it sounds like a song from my country. He's like, fuck, please, no, 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 it's yeah, not. This, it's not. This is a song that we used to dance the, the dance of joy to. Fucking wait, god damn it, the dance of joy. What's the dance of joy? Like the girls at this point are enamored. Like they yes. love all of this. Cookie How could antics. you not? I really think that even Susan is feeling Larry in the fact that Larry's being, it almost is like, from an outside perspective, you can almost see that they're playing a bit. Outside the fact that they're playing a bit on the show, but let's just pretend for a minute that these ladies are out on a date with these guys. I can see that being kind of charming and interesting. Like, wait a minute, what are they doing? This is funny. 
so Susan and them are like, all right, cool, yeah, what, what is this What is this dance of joy? And Baki's like, everyone get up! Like, he opens up to the whole restaurant, and Larry almost fucking flips right there. Yeah. He almost just under the table. I'm sure in his mind he's like, no. They're like dancing around. They're forcing Larry to do it. And then Larry's like, go, Larry goes around. He's, like, he's actually putting his hands on the music. He's like, all right, stop, stop, stop. That's enough. All right, no more dance of joy. Everyone sit back down. Everyone's like, oh, because he forces the musicians to stop. He yeah. grabs the neck of one of them for guitars, which is a big thing not to do. <laughs> That's so close! I almost... You almost transformed! <laughs> um, so... And then the, the football player's back. Football player's With back. his girlfriend is like, I say let's dance, or something like that, or... Yeah. Uh, and Larry's like... Threatens him again. So now, so he's like, all right, we'll dance! And so they're all dancing around. And of course, whenever Balky and Larry do the National Joy together, they hold each other's shoulders and do the leg thing, and Larry's yes. putting on the fake smile is great. So they start so doing like good. a conga line around the room, and it's just a blast. Everyone's having a great time. Fade out, end of the night, coming back to the apartment. Susan's with them because they open the door, and she's like, I had a lot of fun tonight. Thank you so much. And Larry's like, yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good night. Good, good night, sweet dreams. Door shuts. Larry's face immediately goes to a frown. Balky's still like, yes, we did it. I got the second date, Larry. It's wonderful. Oh, God, Balky. Balky, just, I've I never just, been so humiliated in my life. I'm a ball of nerves right now. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go get, I need a stiff drink. I just drink of alcohol, mind you. He goes for the milk of magnesia immediately. Yes. Where's my Where's my hot water bottle? Me, where's my Where's my, 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 my robes? <laughs> He's like a sixty-year-old man. Yeah, I love like, it. Oh, Balky, what did we do? I just need my antacid and my water bottle. Larry, we had so much fun. You danced. You sang. I you didn't enjoy jump. it. I didn't yeah. like it. Where other people like those things, I just get miserable about it. I'm a stick in the mud, Balky. <laughs> I don't know anything about picking up women. Oh, please! Like, you were having so much fun. No, it was fake. It was all fake. What about when you did your your Cagney impression? Well, I was just caught up in the spirit of the the time. Yeah, that's kind of what you do. Yeah, it's called having fun. Yeah, it's called being a person and having fun, Larry. What are you doing, dog? <laughs> what is your deal? Why are you so fucking crazy? <laughs> I love it. But then I love like we hear like. <laughs> It's the part of the episode where we're gonna learn a yeah, lesson. Yeah, like the music, get the this light music comes in the background. You just Love hear it. the horns and the. But ah, Balky, I'm just not like that. He's like, cousin Larry, don't you realize when you were having fun, that is what it's all about. And you told me that I should <laughs> be myself, and that's what I did. And now, and that's the lesson you learned too. <laughs> that's my favorite line. Because yes. Balky, God, it's so well delivered. He's like. The way he says it, it's like, wait a minute, I think we both learned the same lesson. <laughs> Larry's like, you know what? We sure did. Did you really like my Cagney impression? It was wonderful. Do it again, please. So he gets up and he does like the worst James Cagney. He just Cagney. says it in his voice. Yeah. Like, you dirty rat. You dirty rat. You killed my brother. You dirty rat. Spot on, you're the greatest. <laughs> oh, he's, he's like, and then um, Larry's like, I, you really, really like it? It's wonderful. It's spot on. Can you do Lacey? Mm. Where's the book of my news? And episode ends like it's just fucking perfect. Good times. I love their apartment. Yes. I love I love their hijinks. I fucking love these dudes. Fucking awesome. Yes. Brad, who won and who lost to Perfect Strangers this week? <sighs> who won and who lost? I think I think Balky won. True. I think uh, I think that woman <laughs> trying to find sweatshirts and um, getting terrified by Balky lost. Oh yeah. First off, she misinterpreted Balky's 
approaches, mm-hmm. she would be lucky to to land a guy like Old Balky. Yes. Um, all she needs to do is just like interpret what's going. Use context clues. Mm-hmm. He's dressed different. He talks different. Maybe he's from a different culture, but he looks fun. And then she would have had the blast at the girl, the blonde in the blue sh- shirt sure. dress thing, uh, in Blanche's or Rose's outfit. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, but there's also Larry. Larry might have lost too. Larry, I think may lose a lot of episodes I coming mean, up. Yeah. Larry. I mean, is he going to embrace himself and really put himself out there? Probably not. He did get beat up for he no reason. He did get beat up. We forgot about that part. He was yeah. escorted out by a football player, and he beat him up. Yeah. And granted, he didn't touch his face, really. I'm sure he just kind of roughed him. He didn't really beat him up. But He, he said he got bounced uh, off the concrete, and there was a nice pack uh, on his head. But that might be um, exaggeration on Larry's part, who also exaggerates kind of a little bit. Yeah. I, oh, there's another great joke is when he's talking about getting beat up. He's like, and then I then I got ba- then I learned that a human body can bounce off concrete. And Balky like completely straight is like, I have so much to learn. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, I fucking love this show. Yeah. But I agree. Those Balky won big time. Got an American date. Is gonna go on a second date with this beautiful woman. Yeah. Had fun. And then helped Larry out a little bit. I don't think Balky's losing at all. Balky's no, Balky, like, Balky won. Everything's coming up, Balky. Um, it's just that they, I think that girl. Uh, I think lost the girl. I think the girl lost. That yeah, girl lost. She didn't even get her shirt. She didn't get to learn a lesson. And she's looking for like sweatshirts in like the yeah. Ritz store. Like I don't even know if that's a thing you should do. Yeah, go go to a, like a real store. Don't go to like some weird pawn shop slash whatever the hell that place is. Trinkets and pawn. Look, <laughs> best dress, worst dress. This is gonna be hard. I'm sure you're gonna go with Balky in that outfit. I, I I lean towards I lean towards Balky being best dressed. I think overall I like Balky's vibe in the show. I think the outfit that he wore to the double date mm-hmm. was probably more of a better outfit. Yeah. Now the other one was 80s chic, but it was so mishmash. I mean, that's yeah. not, the one the other one he wore is quasi timeless. Yeah, um, I, I agree. And the fact that he could probably pull off today and be fine, it would be weird, but it wouldn't be like he couldn't wear. Yeah, it I, I, I think that I think the jacket was just neat. Um, but yeah, yeah I think his, his his later outfit was 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 the the better. But his overall ensembles as a whole, he did win. No, but what about like the thing he opened oh, with, with yes. like the weird button collar? High... What is that called? It's like a turtleneck with a button. It's weird. Yeah. Well, there's a name for that type of like collar, but I can't remember yeah. what it was or is. It's some sort of like imperial collar or something. It, it's something that has like a regal sounding name, yeah. I think. But anyway, yeah, that was awesome. I love that blue shirt. I, mean, I even said that to you. I was watching, yeah. digging that blue shirt. Yeah. But yeah, I think Balky and in, in the double date is best dressed. Maybe but, I would also put in um, Susan really? because she, that dress she wears to the double date is normal looking. It's normal looking for the eighties, yeah. And she's an attractive girl, and overall her style and aesthetic is pretty nice. But she doesn't come close to Valky. I'm right. just saying that I also dig her style. Yeah, agreed. Larry, what the fuck are you doing with that? Like, you can't. Your yeah. sweater and shirt shouldn't match, dude. Yeah, that's bad news, bears. Yeah. You're right. As far as but I think I think Rose Nyland slash Balky's date was probably the worst dressed. Yeah, because it started that that alone was more like, what are you doing in public, honey? Yeah, your hair with that? No. I mean, there's a lot of background outfits that look pretty bad, but I think really, if we're gonna stick with actual people in the episode, I think we gotta say Balky's date was the worst dressed. True. Lamest. There was something weird about that girl making eyes at Larry, though. Yeah, because she seemed attractive, but like her hair was all weird and her outfit was kind of strange. Like it was, it was. It it's like she could have been attractive. Yeah, because we didn't see her at first. We saw from behind her. Mm-hmm. We she was looking at Larry. So when they did the quick, like, is she? And you look over, and there's like the quick flip over to, to her. Mm-hmm. The close up 
I, I recall it slightly, like, whoa, 80s. Yeah, it was two Shit, 80s. teased hair. But, like, she looked kind of like uh, um, uh, Kate Mara from yeah. House of Cards. Yeah, agreed. But if Kate Mara, like, fell into, like, a, a, a Lisa Frank hole and, like, came out super 80s. Oh, and bounced off the concrete. Yeah, like, and bounced off that concrete a time or two. Yeah. Wonderful show, though. Cannot wait for the next episode. Indeed. This is... I, I love this train of Belvedere and Perfect Strangers. It's yes. great. It's great. Quality. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Ramjack. It's always a pleasure, Brad. There are many ways to get in contact with the show. One of my favorite ways is the voicemail. Brad, do you know what that number is off the top of your head? That's 206-339-5894. Call us up anytime. We, we would love to hear from you. I think we have a voicemail this week, right? We do. Brad, Alex, it's John Pernasek. So, funny story. Not funny. It's a story. I am taking classes at Second City. They require me to improvise musically. I was singing a song off the top of my head with all of my immense talent, and I basically experienced a very minor baby form of whiplash. I finished the song. I immediately felt pain in the back of my skull, the base of my skull, and for a solid week now running, I've had this weird ongoing neck pain that flares up. Uh, I don't, I'm not really sure why it's not fading away. And people have offered suggestions. Some people have uh, said that I should see a doctor. Some people have, have said that maybe I should try a masseuse, like maybe try to get a massage. And if it really like hurts in that moment, uh, I should you know take it to a doctor, of course. Uh, but then there's the other option that people have been giving me freely, and it's a chiropractor. Now, I know how I feel about chiropractors generally, which is I don't really think it's very credible in terms of a, you know, field. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just Everyone keeps saying that because I, I think that's just what they assume should be done. Like, oh, it's, it has something to do with your bones. Like, you got pain in your neck? Oh, like a chiropractor, right? And I try to explain to them that, you know, chiropracticianing, whatever, you know, whatever form of that word is, it's not really a field. It's sort of just this fun offshoot of real medicine. But, you know, they always come back with, well, you know, some doctors are quacks, man. You know, some licensed doctors, you can't trust them. So what do you guys think? Give give me the patented Ramjack response as to what you think. As doctors, Alex, Dr. Alex, Dr. Brad, what should I do? Can I just say off the bat, thank you, Jonathan, for bringing this to us. Um, yes. I'm glad that you trust us. I prefer to go by Dr. Green, though. Um, not doctors Ramjack. Doctors Ram, doctor, doctors Ramjack works. Hello, I'm Doctor Ramjack, and this is Doctor Ramjack. We are Doctors Ramjack. Yes, um, we are here to field all of your medical questions. <laughs> um, I think it's amazing. Jonathan got whiplash from singing. Like, yeah. how did that happen? Because that because he couldn't get that song out of him fast enough. Couldn't just couldn't get that. He just had to get that song out. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I know sometimes we get really spirited in the podcasting, and maybe. I mean, I could see that head, Brad. I could see you getting a little bit too snappy with oh, it. Oh, I gotta be careful now. Watch a little out. too. Uh, there's a lot of reactionary things we do where, like, you'll close your eyes and put your head back, and then put it forward really quick and open your eyes really big, mm-hmm. like a what? Gotta be careful. Like a. Mm-hmm. We gotta, you gotta be careful. We can all Cedric in and get him to maybe regulate. Maybe we should do some stretches before. You really should. You gotta be stretching your neck. Just roll your head around. It helps um, make sure. Um, don't pop a vertebrae. Nerves. Yeah, don't pop a vertebrae. Um, I think I speak for the doctor's ramjack, Jonathan, never go to a chiropractor. Do not go to a chiropractor. It's not in any form of medicine or anywhere close to medicine. I need to reread the exact type of, like, craziness that legitimate chiropractors believe in. Well, uh, um, straight chiropractic, which is becoming more and more rare, but chiropractic was based on this crazy idea that 
like um, that there was like actual energy flow in the body, and if you and if you readjust the subluxations of the body, you can redirect the chi to heal, which is complete and fucking nonsense. Well, you said a lot. You were mixing a lot of um, energy pseudoscience there, anyway. So it's like, yeah. all right. Once you get three in, you're like, right, yeah. Well, what what is going on here? Um, now, my meridian lines of the okay. Exactly. Now here's With my the, bones. Here's the thing. Um, the thing is, most chiropractors now, um, a lot of them have also had training in like um like sports therapy, like regular physical therapy. So most of them are mixers. There's no way to tell. <laughs> are mixers. So they're more like muscle there, or like mus- people who give massages that just happen to yeah. think that if I manipulate bone. Like, I don't even know how, Not like, medically this... or scientifically moving your bones around is going to help with anything like that. Right. And well, and... Okay. Well, like, and there are, there are some that are, are basically just doing physical therapy. Yeah. Which, just go to a physical therapist. Don't go to somebody, yeah. because, like, people die from chiropractors. Well, and there's the other thing. Um, never have neck... Never go to a chiropractor and sure as fuck don't let them touch your neck. Yeah. Because they snap people's necks. Like, that is not an uncommon occurrence among those things. Correct. That's going to fuck you up. Yeah. So don't do it. And also, um, because this has happened before, don't take your baby to a chiropractor, especially. Lots of babies get killed by chiropractors. Try to realign their spine. (laughs) Oh, snap. Was this a game show, baby? Please tell me it was a game show, baby. It was a game show. Take it back to the garbage can. Yeah. So yeah, yeah don't ever. Don't ever. Not. And a like, lot of people, I know people who say, "Oh, I swear by chiropractors." Yeah, but you're that's a placebo effect. I, yeah. They are. I mean, it's physical therapy. Best in most case cases. scenario, you're getting physical therapy. Best case, worst case, they're trying to kill you. Yeah. Worst case scenario, they're trying to re- readjust your subluxations. Every time um, they snap your neck and you don't die, in their mind, they're like, "God, they keep getting away." Like they're trying to kill you. <laughs> Um, I will say that the only research done on chiropractic work are, I guess, bone manipulation that actually has any type of, I wouldn't even say therapeutic, but yeah, I guess therapeutic effects mm. is very, very lower. Lower back. Lower yeah. back. But again, and that, that's, that's it. And that's, that's, that's also, also like, physical well, therapy. is that more of the muscles? Is it yeah. really, how much of the spine are you manipulating back there or really anything? Right. So, but how the chiropractors do that apparently that's something that they can do. But again, it's physical therapy. Yeah. Like, I, I don't I don't think moving the bones around is helping in that respect, right. especially because your fucking spine's in there, and the whole point is that it protects that thing from moving around exactly. too much. Exactly. And I think I think maybe uh, it's, sometimes it's cheaper to go to a chiropractor than a physical therapist, but don't take the oh, chance. Well, here's the thing also. Chiropractics aren't covered by a lot of medical uh, insurance right. because they aren't because they, doctors. Yeah. Exactly. They are physical. They they are unlicensed physical therapists. Basically, I mean, we could become chiropractors. Yeah, I mean, a, do- we, a doctor of chiropractic is a doctor of complete fucking bullshit. Yeah, it's like having a doctorate in theology. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, you can actually have doctorates in actual scholarly religious research. I'm talking about someone who's just a doctorate in Jizo. Yeah. Like that's and not a thing. Also, a lot of doctors of theology are the worst. Yeah. Just because Fox News did a shitty interview with that dude does not mean he's the least bit sensible. I mean, at least he speaks Greek in the least that he knows and is approaching it from an academic ground. He's not like some theologians like, well, let's think about what God is. And like, I really like to think about Jesus and God. Okay, fuck you. You're not... What are you doing? That's have you read any of the original stuff? What does it mean? You know, we don't have to get into I all don't that. that. But John, yeah, go to a doctor. Go to a doctor go or a physical doctor. therapist. If your if your back really is or neck is really messed up and it is a bone kind of alignment thing, then they are the ones who are handled are yeah. people doing that. Though that's super rare, really. And don't go to a masseuse though, because that's just silly. Well, maybe go to if you want to I mean, take a, if you want a massage. Maybe get a massage. <laughs> but don't go to a masseuse and say attention. Oh, that's nice a nice massage. That's still hurting. Maybe I should go see a doctor now. No, just go. Just go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. 
If it really, really hurts, go to the doctor. Yeah. Never go to a chiropractor. Never go to a chiropractor. It's the worst. There was... Yeah. Never go to a chiropractor. All right, Brad. The messages keep coming. Hey, Ryan Jack. It's Terry. I don't know if I told you guys or not, but I uh, I deliver oxygen and uh, other such things. So I see I see a lot of olds, and I'm around a lot of things that would make... Uh, I'm really sure it'd make Brad's skin just crawl right off his body and run away. He's working on it. But every once in a while, there's a pet hazard. And today, I had an amazing pet hazard. Was it a dog? No. It's a cat. No. Unruly bird? No. It's a goat. Two goats. And, uh, yeah, they, um, did not want to let me into the shady-looking home. So, uh, and then I was talking to the woman. woman tells me, watch out for the goat. The goat bit me. So, yeah, uh, among everything going on in my life right now, I gotta worry about goats. All right. Uh, let's press on. Now, is he saying, the, is it the woman saying, watch out for the goats, the goats, they go, they bit me? Or did Terry get bit <laughs> by a goat? I don't understand. <laughs> watch out for the goats, they bit me. Do they live here? No, they just roam the neighborhood. <laughs> I love that he said, <laughs> I love he said the goats would let me in. Listen, Terry, you can't expect goats to, <laughs> to operate doors. They're just, they don't have the opposable thumbs. They got those weird eyes, like yeah. those little rectangles in Goat, the please open the door. <laughs> Just chewing on a can or something, eating any and everything they can. Watch out. Yeah, watch it. You watch out for a goat. Yeah, it'll bite you in a heartbeat. Fuck that shit. I'd be so. I would be scared that it would like puncture the oxygen tank. Yeah, seriously. And then you got a goat explosion. Bam! It just explodes. Goat explosion is the sequel to Sharknado. Yes, goat explosion. Watch out for the goats. Terry didn't realize that the goats were something to worry about. Welcome to Squirrel Hell. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 coming in the fall. I think that's gonna be a blockbuster. Kids are gonna love Definitely. that. Definitely. Goat explosion. A squirrel hell tale. Yeah, Terry, so sorry about that, man. Indeed. I've never have you ever come in contact with goats? I have not. I think my uncle may have had goats. Did we milk farm. a goat that one time at uh in Clown Troop or Real Troop? Oh, I think you milked a goat. I did not. No, I, I know I didn't because I didn't I, I, I know didn't it was an option, it. but I did not. I know that I know that um Brian did. Bra- Brian drank goat milk. He Brian he drank unpasteurized Straight goat milk. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, I, I don't know. No. Goats are weird animals. Yeah. Don't drink anything that came directly out of another animal immediately. That's a weird. It's bizarre. Put that through some systems first. I'm going to need that thing. Put some chemicals in that shit. <laughs> um, yeah, Jonathan, Terry, thank you so much for calling. Guys, again, phone anytime. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. Um... You can email us, ramjackpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. Get in that group. You can hit us up on Twitter, at ramjackpodcast. Yes. iTunes, it's a good time, um, especially if you want to leave us reviews. Again, 20-star reviews are all we're really accepting these days. Yes, 20 absolutely. or nothing. We realize that may take more effort on your part, but hey, it's worth it, we think. Maybe. You tell us. Definitely. With 20 stars. Please. The website's curiosityabounds.com slash ramjack. Go there. See all the awesome tags. Yes. Hilarious tags Brad throws in there. Fun times. I think that's pretty much it. I mean, you, you know what? You, you guys know at this point. You, you guys know. know what's up. You know. Chat at us. We'll chat back. We'd love to hear from you. So, Brad, you know what's perfect um, for the alcohol you're getting in that Boost of the Month Club. What would that be? Summer shots. And you know what the essential ingredient to summer shots are? Oh, yeah. All six swell flavors of... Jell- Jell-